medallions of Mahi Mahi. That always struck me as, uh, you know, whenever you see the word medallions of on one of these South Beach restaurant uh, menus, you, you know, that's it. Don't order that. Get a hot dog. <laughs> get yourself out of there because you're going to be, it's worse than the old syndrome that uh, used to be the cliche about Chinese restaurants where, uh, you know, you stuff yourself and then a half hour later you're hungry again. Medallions of Mahi Mahi. I was a place, uh, last time I think I actually ate, uh, this is centuries ago already, on the South Beach, the South Beach restaurant was a place called, a fish called Avalon. And I had the medallions of Mahi Mahi and you literally needed an electron micro to see the, the food that was the main course. The parsley was bigger than the medallions of Mahi Mahi. Medallions is another name on a restaurant menu for small. Yes. For yeah. minuscule. They may as well just be minuscule pieces of fish. That would be the way to describe the dish. Uh, but uh, medallions of Mahi Mahi. Wow, I mean, the elegance. Uh, you know, the, the way the chef prepares. Uh, anybody could prepare like a, a morsel of fish. It's hard to blow that, the pieces. Unbelievable. The time. Wake up with Defo. Joined by Luby. Welcome to the Defo Show. Good morning. Welcome, one and all, to another edition of the Defo Show. Still no Defo, just Luby here on South Florida Live. Defo will be back with us right here tomorrow morning. Uh, things are going well for him. In Atlantis, he's sending out. He's not one to take and send out pictures, so I guess that's how you know it's going well. Um, he's taking and sent out multiple pictures. He's posting on Facebook. He's he's doing the whole living your best life thing. Which Defo again, he's 71, so that's not his deal. His deal's usually, and he went to the pool, which he, he, we said the over under at 50 50, and I went way under that he would go to the pool. He actually was at the pool, like on a chair, which is something Defo doesn't do. So either he's killing it, he took a break, or he's getting bludgeoned, um, at the track and in the sports book. But either way, he seems to be having a good time, and it seems like, uh, Atlantis is treating him well, which again, you have to pay just to get into Atlantis. So the fact that he got, a comp room and like the, they're giving him free restaurants and I is pretty impressive. So I don't know what the hell the thing does at the slots. And I don't think Defo ever wants to know what the thing does at the slots, but good for him. Um, another full day of sports action took place yesterday. The world cup is now down to three as we had Argentina take out Croatia. And it's funny, Jim Sarney, Longtime sports writer, uh, avid watcher, viewer of our programs here, and we appreciate it. He's always very honest with his criticisms of either us or Mayo, and his big criticisms of us is we don't talk enough sports. And what's funny is we, we're the ones that delve into baseball and delve into hockey when no one in this day and age delves into that. But he wants us to talk women's volleyball and youth lacrosse, which is something we're never going to do. But... Soccer is one that we make fun of. We've talked a lot of garbage about this World Cup. Look, uh, is not a fan of soccer at all. I'm a fan of the big tournaments. I'll watch the Euros. I'll watch the Champions League here and there. And I watch World Cup. Ever since the early 2000s, since I uh, was in college, I watched every World Cup. And I get really into them. This one was a little different. Uh, the Qatar thing screwed it all up. First of all, the fact that it was in a place that people died building stadiums was ridiculous and scary. 
And that's something that it was tough to get behind. Top of that, usually it's in the middle of the summer. So there's really nothing going on. You have baseball, but at this day and age, no one gives a crap about baseball. So the World Cup is something that is huge in that regard. It fills your days up and it lasts for like a month or two to three weeks. So it's really cool. That's great. Well, because of the heat, it was moved to freaking November, December, which is ridiculous. So that changed that as well. And the top of that was going on in my life. Been busy, so I've been able to watch it. So yesterday was the first match I got to watch from beginning to end. And it did not disappoint. As much as Defoe mocks it for the lack of scoring, Argentina was very aggressive. Argentina played really strong. And what we all love is seeing a legend play well when he's making his swan song. John Elway went off a two-time champion. Jordan went off a champion. Kobe went off scoring his 60, God rest his soul. Um, we've seen so many guys. Dwayne Wade even, look, Dwayne Wade with the Heat had a really good couple of playoff series, you know, showing some life at the end of his career. We like to see people end strong, and Messi's doing that. <laughs> Messi this whole tournament hasn't done much, and I haven't watched a lot, but I've been paying attention to him because I like Messi. He's uh, Ronaldo and Messi have had very similar careers in length, in time period and in greatness, um, Ronaldo has gotten a little bit more attention. Messi's the better player. Messi is the uh, Ronaldo, a striker, from what I know. Messi does everything. And if you watched yesterday, I don't know about defense, but on offense, if you watched yesterday, that's what you saw. Messi gets people involved. Messi is, at, when he's at his best, he's really tough to stop. And he also is a hell of a goal scorer himself. The dude is older. He's 35. This is, by all accounts, his last World Cup. It's his fifth World Cup. It was his 25th game, tied a record for amount of games. They won. They'll be in the finals, I guess, Saturday. Maybe it might be Sunday. I don't know why it would be Sunday, but I think it's Sunday. Um, and that would be his 26th appearance, 26th game in a World Cup, which will make which will set a record. And he hasn't, he's been solid and good, but he hasn't been great. Well, he was great yesterday. And it, when he, Look, you'll watch a soccer match, and they'll talk about, wow, what an exciting game, and, it, and it's 0-0. Zero, zero. That, yeah, it was three goals, which is an eight, but Messi was involved in every goal. Messi was all over the freaking field. It was crazy to see a guy that old that has not done much this tournament take over, and he took over. I mean, the first goal, he set it up, and they got a penalty, and he made, he nailed the penalty. He didn't, he's been, when he's been kicking, he had, that was his fifth goal. Or that, yeah, that was his fifth goal. He's been messing around with these penalties where he'll dick around. The goalie will go one way, and then he'll kick it easily the other way. This one, he didn't take any chances. He didn't screw around. He hit the crap out of it. The goalie guessed right, and it didn't matter. He nailed the top right of the net, and it was spectacular. And it was a PK, but even by PK standards, it was pretty – it was really – it was good. He then set up the runaway – for a goal, and then the last goal, <laughs> he probably could have made it himself. He was messing with a younger dude, just having fun, and put they put it called put him in a dryer or put him in a. I think they call put it in a. I don't know what the hell a spin cycle is what they call it. Put it in a spin cycle. Uh, literally did like three different things, and then set up a guy for an easy goal. And it was like, what the hell? And he was around the ball the entire match. It was amazing to see, and it was really cool because. Again, last World Cup. The one thing he's missing, he's won all these awards. He's won all these different things. He's been player of the year countless times. He's been to the finals. He has not won a World Cup. And in Argentina, this it's not like they haven't won. Maradona is one of the greatest players ever. He won 
World Cup. Messi hasn't, and Messi's been there, and he's been close. So it's it sort of, for me, become this thing where I look, and a lot of sports, casual sports fans who don't watch any soccer, it, it's easy to get behind the great guy who hasn't won. So, you know, like, I, that's where I'm at. And But it's it felt like he was just going to you know do the Peyton Manning. Oh, Manning got his second Super Bowl, did he? Like, he was the quarterback, but he was a detriment to that Broncos team that did beat the Panthers, but Manning was not involved at all. Like, it wasn't even like you Trent Dilfer for the Ravens. Like, Peyton Manning, Devo jokes, he came out on, on a wheelchair. He didn't come out on a wheelchair per se, but he did nothing. And he actually hurt them and then won a Super Bowl. No, Messi, it, it felt like that's what was going to happen. No, this game yesterday, that was him. He not only put his stamp on the game, imprint on the game, he was the best player on the field yesterday. Alvarez was really good. Alvarez got two goals. Messi was the best player on the field. And it was cool to see that he's going out, but he still has something left. And it was really fun. And I get it was the middle of the day, and I get we're in America, so no one cares. Yeah, exactly, Mark Messi. Um, no one cares. We don't care about soccer. And on this show, we've made a lot of fun of it. I've joined in because it does get a little... The offside is the stupidest rule in sports to me. There's no other sport where you're mad that they're run, get a run. Like, I think it is funny that they'll, they'll be, uh, have a head start and they have to, like, stop and wait, and then the ball goes and then they go. It's like, what? Maybe there'd be a lot of goals. Okay, good. A lot of goals. And soccer fans hate when you tell them how to change their game, especially when you have slight interest and they live for it. All the games I love have changed over the years. Football, if you watch football now compared to when I was younger, it's unrecognizable. Baseball has been bastardized. Basketball's now a three-point shooting contest when it used to be kill each other and see who could get to 81st. Like, hockey, they've t- messed with it. Soccer's one sport where they don't you don't touch it. Okay, and that's fine. And every four years, we'll get into it. But to me, they're leaving so much scoring off the board. And it, it could be so much, because a game like yesterday, when you saw the ball move, and you saw the ball around the net was exciting. But most of them aren't. The 0-0 ties until fucking penalty kicks is a joke. But again, soccer fans and the sport don't care. It's doing well. It's the most popular sport in the world. Maybe cricket's close. Maybe cricket by numbers because of India and some of the countries that love it, love it so fervently that it may be right there with soccer. It's not. I mean, soccer, when you're talking about countries interested in it, Soccer and people overall is soccer's number one sport in the world, so they don't need me changing it. But the offside's a little annoying. However, a game like yesterday was a lot of fun. And I know it's the middle of the day, I know people are working, so not everyone got to watch it. If you do, if you get a chance, they'll probably replay it. Find that game because Messi was really fun. And like early in the game, my buddies are like, Oh, I think Croatia. And I'm like, I don't know. And then Messi was. He was around the ball a lot. And, and that's the thing about soccer is like guys like Ronaldo will go an entire match without t- barely touching it. Because if you're a striker, you're all the way down there. It sometimes gets you, sometimes it doesn't. Messi plays like, he, I guess he's a forward. I don't know the positions really well. I, I'm not going to lie. I played soccer a long time. And I don't even know the positions that well. Um, but Messi plays middle of the field. And he's more of a ball handler. Like Ronaldo is a guy gets the ball, makes a move, kicks it. Messi handles the ball. Messi guides. Messi leads. And during the tournament, you haven't seen that that much. Yesterday, it was the entire match. <laughs> like he was in control of the ball most of the most of the the match, and he was spectacular. And you saw it early. It was like Messi looks on one. Like this is, huh. and it was the rest of the game. And it was like 
what the hell? I was like, where did this come from? And he and he stayed the whole match, too. Usually they'll take guys out. Not like in football where they're worried about him getting injured, but like, okay, the game's over. They're up three in soccer with like, with minutes left. You're going to win. They they did. They took guys out. They left him in. It was like, and he was still running full speed. It was like he, he wanted to finish that game. He was not going to leave until there were zeros on the clock. And it was amazing. And it was really cool to watch, and I really enjoyed it. And so there you go, Sarni. You got some World Cup, and it wasn't derision. It wasn't be- making fun of it. It was actually uh, exclaiming its virtues, and I truly did enjoy it. And I can't. And today you have another semifinal matchup: France versus Morocco. Morocco, the first African nation to make it to the semis, which is really cool. You know, here in America, <laughs> we, and I like France. I've been there. The people were cool to me. The food's amazing here and there. But I mean, you don't, you can't, I mean, okay, I'm not going to tell you what to do. I don't root for France, especially when it comes to sports. I stay away from France. So Morocco, good for Morocco. I will root them on today. I think it's at two o'clock and third place. Oh, that's what it is. The third place matches Saturday in the finals are Sunday. Argentina stamped their ticket, their place, stamped their passport to get to the final Sunday. I'm coming up at 7.30. I will talk with O.J. McDuffie, the Dolphins. The season's over. The season on a brink. Uh, to, uh, people had shut the hell up about, because Herbert wasn't playing well. He wasn't playing bad, but he wasn't playing well. And he was really playing poorly in fourth quarters. And they were up and down the Chargers, and the Dolphins were winning. And Tua was playing really well, and the offense was humming. So you, Tua was getting lots of credit. And Herbert wasn't getting blame. Herbert just wasn't getting anything. They play each other. Herbert plays great. Herbert's team wins, the Do- Tua plays poorly, the Dolphins lose, and now the debate is not only back on, but it's now been decided. It's not been decided. I, uh, It is funny that all the people that gave me shit got really quiet this year because I was right. <laughs> Tua is good, and that hasn't changed. Like It's just funny that every other quarterback's allowed to have bad days, and he's had two in a row, and he had a really bad day this this week, but it wasn't just him. Is off, the offensive line's not good, okay? So the, whatever success the Dolphins have had is because Taron Armstead is shouldering like the load of three dudes, all right? Connor Williams has become a really good center. Hunt, hit or miss. Eichenberg sucks. Jackson sucks, okay? Taron Armstead has been shouldering the load for like three guys. So the, the line wasn't great, but it was better. Well, Armstead's not healthy. The line's played poorly. Okay, look, Justin Herbert got annihilated the entire game and still found a way to play well. And my contention is the Dolphins' secondary and linebackers suck. And that entire game, they were running wide open. Their receivers and running backs were running wide open. So even if you're getting hit immediately, if a guy's wide open, it makes it easier. That's why Tua's been so successful. McDaniel's been scheming guys wide open. It makes it helps out a lot when guys are open. Well, this game, guys weren't open. And early on, I guess Tua missed some throws. I, I didn't get to watch much of the first quarter. I watched second through fourth. And Tua really didn't have a chance to hit anyone because they were blanketed in coverage. Like I talked about Monday. Um, but he was off. His completion percentage was abysmal. And he just was throwing behind guys. He was throwing it high. He was off. Okay. Well, he's been on the entire year. I think he still leads the league in quarterback rating. Or he may be second. I think he still leads the league in completion percentage. Or he may be second. And Herbert's really good. I, I think the debate's dumb. I think both are really good. I think I think Herbert is the better natural talent. I think two is a better quarterback. I think when it comes to making tight throws, throwing with anticipation, avoiding... Look, Herbert and Tua both got hit the entire game. Herbert got sacked four times. Tua got sacked twice. Like, Herbert holds on to it forever. Herbert wants to make a play. He has the big arm. 
Tua has gotten really good at getting rid of the ball and not getting sacked and not outside of two weeks ago, not turning it over. Herbert has a propensity to throw that stupid ass fourth quarter interceptions. He didn't do it this game, but he does do it a lot. And I think they're both really good quarterbacks. I think both teams should be happy with who they have. And I like Tua. <laughs> and nothing the last two games has changed that for me. Herbert's a big, strong dude, and he played really well. He also has many. It's not just two. He is regularly going to make a stupid-ass throw, which Tua does not. Tua is actually – that's why when he does the Pittsburgh game, when he should have three interceptions, and he does the game versus the Niners, it's such a big deal because he doesn't do that. He doesn't turn it over. But Waddle's hurt. Armstead's hurt. Wilson Jr. has been helping the run game out a lot, was hurt. So they should have changed their game plan. That's on Mike McDaniel and Tua to say, look, man, we can't keep chucking it down the field. Yeah, they, they're, they're, the run game isn't setting the world on fire, but the rush defense sucks. We have to run the ball. Also, yeah, they're bringing a linebacker back to the middle third, like the deep part of the field, but the underneath's wide open. And we still have, even if Hill isn't himself and Waddle isn't himself, it's worth a shot. But no, they stuck with the game plan. They kept chucking it down the field, playing for the big play. They got a couple. But otherwise, their offense was abysmal. And that's on McDaniel. McDaniel's admitted it. Again, he's a young coach. We've shown, we've seen this season that he's already changed things as games go. He's just not great in game. He's not. In the middle of the game, you should have seen what they were doing defensively and adjusted to it. That's what great coaches do. He's not great yet. He's good. He's shown... This season, when they've struggled offensively at parts of the season, in later games to adjust things to then succeed. So he's shown that. He has to work on adjusting in the game. That is a big part of the sports and it's a big part of being a coach. He's not there yet. It's year one, okay? So like I've talked about, I've been an apologist for the Dolphins this week, which is so weird to me. Um... I just think it's funny when people are running for the hills. It's over, it's over, it's done, Tua sucks, da 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 Mahomes has bad games, plural. Allen, Josh Allen, the Mr. MVP, had like three or four games in a row where he was not good. Up until two weeks ago, he was leading the league in interceptions, okay? So, I, so, Alex Ovechkin, I think he scored 800 goals. Good for Alex Ovechkin. Um, I, I don't, I, don't care. <laughs> I think Alex Ovechkin is great, but I mean, Jim Sarney loves the guy at the show uh, into sports that no one gives a shit about. Um, I and, and the funny thing is, I like hockey, but I mean, in the middle of December, I, it's tough to talk hockey in April, let alone December. Um, but yeah, so you you have to adjust, and that's what makes great coaches, and that's where McDaniel's not there yet, and. Allen is literally leading interceptions, but it's okay. Like, every quarterback can have their struggles. Herbert has had plenty of struggles, but Tua can't. He's not allowed to struggle, and that's fine. He's been played poor the last two weeks. You know, slam him. Cool. I still think, I still think, I mean, the math shows the Dolphins, the last three games aren't simple. The Jets are a playoff contender. The Patriots are a playoff contender, but the Dolphins should be favored. And those are the games that matter. The Bills games I'm writing as a loss. I, I know you're not supposed to take any game as a loss. You never know. I've researched the weather because that seems like... Because the, they can go toe-to-toe with the Bills on the field. It's the weather. That's the scariest part. Um, and the weather should be around 30 degrees, 60% chance of snow, which I don't know what to do with that. 
but it says it shouldn't be more, it should be less than an inch. So I'm thinking it'll be snow, that'll go away. That's not the toughest thing to play in. They should be able to still throw the ball a little bit. And they do need to focus on the run, but that's what I think they need to do regardless. So not to get off on the Dolphins diatribe, but just where I am right now, because all of South Florida, it seems like, look, they played better, we're excited, we want to see them in the playoffs, we want to see them win a playoff game for the first time since the early 2000s. And when they look bad, everyone stresses out and says, December swoon, December swoon. It's, it's not, it's, it's a different team. But Mike McDaniel has to show that. It's not, look, people have said this, and they're right, it's time for Mike McDaniel to show that he can change things, that he can adjust on the fly, that, that he isn't just a one-trick pony. I agree. So we will see. Uh, the NBA world's going on. Again, I talked about this yesterday. We haven't talked much about the NBA. The Heat aren't, haven't been good. They haven't been horrible. They're hovering around 500. They haven't been good. And it's December. So to talk about the NBA in December when our team isn't really good is, <laughs> is sort of a stretch. Um, you did have a thrill last night between the Lakers and the Celtics. Celtics have played really well this season, Jason Tatum. In many people's eyes, have taken a step forward. We'll see. I, I think he's a talent. I think he's good. And I think for some reason, people want to make him better than he is. I don't think he's a top five player in the league. And I don't think he's a guy that in the playoffs is going to carry you to a title. Because I think we've seen that. But each year, I don't know if it's a Boston thing. I don't know what the hell it is. To do. They, they want to make Jason Tatum a LeBron. He's not. I think Jimmy Butler's better. I can rattle off a bunch of names that are better than Jason Tatum. I think the Celtics are a good team. I think Jalen Brown's legit. I think they are well coached, whether it's Udoka or even Rivers. And now, um, and before, Brad Stevens between Rivers and Udoka, they're well coached and they play good defense and they play smart. And so they're a good team. I don't know just how good they are. The Bucks have been on a goddamn course where after last year, uh, they won the title two years ago. They Everyone, including me, said the title was sort of eh. Because they went, the Nets would have kicked their ass, but the Nets didn't have Kyrie and Harden. And if Durant's foot is a half a foot back behind a three point line instead of on it, the Nets win that series. So a lot of people, including me, were like, yeah, yeah. and everyone else in the East was hurt. So I was like, okay. And the finals, they ended up playing a, a young Suns team because everyone was hurt in the West. So, like, that title counts, but it was sort of weird. Um, so, and last year they came back and Middleton was hurt, so that affected them, um, but they seem like they are on a mission, the Bucks, they're taking the regular season really seriously, so are the Celtics, but the rest, it's, it feels like the rest of the contenders aren't, so I don't, I don't know what to do with the NBA, that's my problem, is like, the Warriors have struggled out the gate, Heat have struggled out the gate, the Sixers have struggled out the gate, the Nets are just a disaster, but that was sort of expected by me, um, out west, you've seen the Lakers play better lately. Anthony Davis looks good, but I don't know if that has staying power. The Nuggets have been solid, but not great. Like the Clippers, when Kawhi and Pierce, I'm not Pierce, um, when Paul play together, when uh, playoff P play together, they are really good. When Kawhi doesn't play, they're not good. So, I, I mean, I, I don't know what the NBA, it's there, it's going on. I don't know what to do with it. At this early juncture, um, college football gets back in action this Friday. We have the bowl season. Uh, we love the bowls. I uh, used to live for the bowls. Now the playoffs has sort of put a dent into it. Like they're there. 
we watch the bowls, but we know that they definitively don't matter. And look, and what's weird to me is they didn't matter before. Like, that's what I don't get is, and it's true that the bowls don't seem to mean as much as they used to with the playoffs, but I don't know why. Like, the bowls that happened the first week never were going to affect the champion. Like, they were never going to affect the champion. So I don't understand why now that we have playoffs. So, but I guess because it was one game and then a bunch of games, you separate it. Now we have these two games and then the, the championship game and we separate them. I don't know. I still like the Bulls. It's still cool having football because we are. It, it is in the scary part of the year where we have like a month left of football and then all football goes away. And the NBA is good and college basketball is good, but there's nothing like football. Football's become the sport in America, so it sort of gets sad for, like, a couple months until, like, fine, I'll get into basketball, okay, in, like, April, uh, March and April. But um, I I do like the Bulls still, and we will talk a lot about that. I was with the professor yesterday at our trivia. I'll be with him tomorrow at our trivia. He actually gave a really good – he had a basketball play he want basketball plays he wanted to give out, but – he had technical issues last week, so he couldn't join us, and he killed in that. He had a college, he had a, a World Cup parlay that almost hit. He had in the eights Croatia and ne- the Netherlands. Croatia got by, uh, but the Netherlands did not. They went to PKs against Argentina and lost in PKs. So, and that was a parlay that would have hit big. And he, I gave that out um, on air for him as Argentina was in, uh, as Croatia was in a dogfight. Um, but, uh, we will see about all of that coming up next. We will get back to the Dolphins. We will talk NFL. We'll talk a little college football as his Penn State Nittany Lions are around the top 12 and we're a team that didn't get considered in the playoffs, but if there was a 12 team playoff would have been considered. So uh, the one and only OJ McDuffie will be joining me. Defoe will be back tomorrow. We will also be kicking it old school. The one and only Tony Segreto at eight o'clock. Thank you to Texas Roadhouse. Catholic Health Services. Appreciate everyone. Appreciate those of you who have followed me here today, have stuck with me this whole time, and I, I'm happy that Diva will be back so you won't have to have so much of me. At 12 o'clock, we will have Mike Mayo's Lunchbox. We, I don't think, are anywhere today, but we will be out and about tomorrow at Grandpa's. We love Grandpa's. Do a great breakfast, great deli. Um, and with Hanukkah starting this Sunday, great place for your Hanukkah festivities your Hanukkah foods if you want to cater it in for a party and Friday will be at Gulfstream Park as we are each and every Friday with Mike Mayo's Lunchbox now at Gulfstream Park so a lot working to finish off this week to get us into the holidays and coming up next I'll talk with the one the only the great OJ McDuffie right here the Defo Show no Defo just Luby on South Florida Live play the ponies in style at Champions the outstanding simulcasting room at beautiful Hylia Park Yes, the grand old lady of thoroughbred racing has never been more vibrant, and you can wager on the races from the top tracks around the country while enjoying a cocktail at the Brass Rail Bar or any of the fine food served throughout the facility. If poker is your game, you're covered in style, and you can play all your favorite Vegas-style games, including blackjack, craps, and roulette in Hylia Park's sizzling hot casino. Get a player's card when you walk through the door for all kinds of generous amenities, including our favorite, free play. When you come out to the ultimate casino and entertainment destination, highly apart. Hey folks, Tony Segretto here. You know, since day one, Catholic Health Services has been part of old school. And since we've started letting people know about them, it's changed their lives. You see, Catholic Health Services, while being recognized as one of the top places for stroke rehab in the country, it's also about a group of people who not just excel in what they do, 
from the doctors to the nurses to the therapist, on and on and on. It's how they do what they do every single day that separates them from the pack. They do it with a passion, unmatched, and the inclusion of family in every step of the process. Trust me when I tell you this. If you want the best unmatched rehab with a special group of skilled, caring people, there is truly only one place, and that one place is Catholic Health Services. These days, we're all looking for comfort anywhere we can find it. Thank goodness for Landlubbers, Raw Bar and Grill in the plantation location because they are making sure you are as comfortable as possible. First of all, they're not only open for delivery and pickup. All you have to do is go to landlubbersbarandgrill.com for both pickup and free delivery. Their hours have changed a little bit. Monday through Thursday from 3.30 to 10. And Friday, Saturday, and Sunday from 11.30 to 10. You're going to have the best wings in the world. You're going to have a great burger. You're going to have... They're amazing soups. Again, Landlubbers, Raw Bar and Grill. It's nice and easy. Just go to landlubbersbarandgrill.com for both your pickup and free delivery. Thank goodness for Landlubbers for making you always feel right at home. We always count on calling uh, O.J. McDuffie anything related to football or social issues. He's always brilliant on this. And we welcome him to the show here to help us celebrate O.J. McDuffie. Now, how many uh, U.M. Penn State games? Were you ever involved in a U.M. Penn State game? Were you? Uh, two. We lost both of them. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, we lost both. We lost here. You know, we lost, you know, in this big game, beginning of the year, you know, you know U.M. could have made that a night game, right? They could have made it a night game. It's early yes. December. But I said they made a noon game. You know, we're coming from Pennsylvania. Here and then over the loud speaker, they said, and the t- today's temperature is 94 degrees. I think we lost. Oh, man. <laughs> we lost. <laughs> I think the game was over at that point right there. We knew it was over. <laughs> we almost died, man. We, we probably had a whole team, the whole plane cramped up on the way home. <laughs> the Orange Bowl, too, uh, was like walking on hot coals, was it not? Oh. Uh, it was so hot. And it was the first game we decided we we're going to wear. You know what? We're going to wear full jerseys. You know, Penn State's known for those cutoff jerseys. So this is the first game we decided, you know what? We're going to go out these full jerseys. They button at the bottom, you know, like baby clothes. You know what I mean? But everybody was cutting that off. Everybody cut all the uniform back off, man. I was back to my half shirt. The hell with that, man. Hell, this is not going to work. This is not going to work. The only way to get your morning started is with Defoe joined by Luby right here on The Defoe Show. Welcome back, one and all, to another edition of the Devo Show with the without Devo, just Luby here on South Florida Live, looking to hopefully there he is. Talk to the one and only OJ McDuffie right on cue. This gentleman uh, who we could use the last few games for the Miami Dolphins <laughs> need a guy to just get make catches and move the chains. Good morning, Juice. How you doing, my friend? You know, I'm good. Luby, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. One of the hosts of the Fish Tank Podcast. Also, check them out on 560 WQAM and CBS4. They're everywhere. Uh, and he's here with us right now. All right. I've been asking everyone, just point blank, <laughs> what was your impression of Sunday's game, Dolphins versus Chargers? Disappointing, man. Very disappointing. You know, um, 
I thought we left a lot on the table in the San Francisco game. I thought we left a lot of meat, left a lot of meat on the bone in that San Francisco game against the number one defense, and I just knew we'd get it fixed uh, going into San Diego. Well, L.A., I'm sorry. Yeah, well, <laughs> they actually went to San Diego. Diego. The game was in L.A., yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, so that, that was tough, man. It was tough to watch. From beginning to end, it was tough to watch. And and like I said, very shocking that we didn't put it together. I know we missed some throws in the San Francisco game. Guys were running wide open. This game seemed like the throws were there, but the guys couldn't get open. So I don't know what the, you know, what the difference has been. Um, I, I saw a lot of guys like a little banged up, but hell, this is that week of this time of the year where everybody's mm-hmm. a little banged up, you know? So I was just uh, shocked that we weren't able to make those connections. Then I was also shocked, you know, I know that they have a few high power guys on their team, you know, Eckler and, and Allen, but they're, they're not that much. They're not that dynamic where our defense shouldn't have been able to step up and make some stops and make some plays. Couldn't get off the field, Doobie. We couldn't get off the field on, on defense, couldn't stay on the field in offense, and that's just a perfect storm, bro, because you go to a game where, you know, you don't really, you don't turn it over, you know, but you don't make any plays either, and that's how we, uh, you know, we laid an egg out there for sure. Well, and, and what's interesting is you, you it, your sentiments are very much what mine were. The – we had Chris Perkins on. We talked to some other people. Their sentiments were a little different. They were a lot tougher on Tua. Uh, said he played really badly. He missed a lot of throws. And I was like, look, I missed the first quarter. I only got to watch the last three. And maybe they showed some replays of him throwing high and this and that. When I watched, that wasn't the case. Like, when I watched, there was no room. And I get it. They want a quarterback to throw a guy open. You need a little space. Like, and the coverage was freaking ridiculous. It, and they were letting the Chargers play like it was the 1980s. And that's... You know, it happens. Some games yeah. they let you play. You need to figure it out. My, my my issue was, and McDaniels come out and admitted it, the game plan that was working when you had a healthy Waddle, a healthy Hill, and a healthy Armstead is not the same game plan. And I get it. Teams have figured it out. It also helps to have those guys healthy. When they're not healthy, they can't do as much. Okay, well, you have to change the game plan, and he didn't. They didn't run the ball. They, he, he, but the last two games, he's thrown the run game out early, which I don't right. understand. And they didn't do the underneath routes that work so well when you have speed guys. He kept chucking it down the field. And he's come out and said, look, I got to change. And that's the thing that I don't think people want to realize. He is a first-year coach. As much as the guy's yeah. been a genius and a guru and this and that, it's hard to make in-game adjustments when you're – learning on the fly. And I think that's the thing he has to get better at is from game to game, it seems like he gets, he's pretty good at it in game. When things are falling around him, he just sticks with the script and that's not, that can't always be the case. Yeah. There were a couple things, you know, like, like you talk about, I would never question Mike and his intellect and, you know, his play calling ability, but we also, we, we kind of stuck in a rut. You know, I saw some comparisons yesterday and Dan Orlowski and, uh, and Ryan, I think it was Ryan Clark was showing that we're running the same exact plays That against the Niners that we did, you know, in the Chargers, and these guys made those adjustments, and we never did. You know, there has to be some checkdowns. There has to be some tight end involvement. There mm-hmm. has to be some out out running routes, some seven routes. If they're going to play cover two shell as much as they do now because they don't they don't respect our run game, you got to be able to get these guys up on these safeties and running some seven routes to the outside. Yep. Everything inside is always clogged up now because they know that's our game. You know, and I'm, I'm sure Mike will make that adjustment moving forward. But man, oh man, it was like it was crazy. It's like Groundhog Day when they showed those two <laughs> films side by side. And you're like, damn, I didn't because you know you, we rarely get the whole picture of the field. Yep. You know, I always talk to my man Travis Wingfield. You know, when it comes to the All 22 film, and that he can see the whole picture. And yep. we always he's like, damn, we missed this one, we missed that one. You know. But then when they showed those All 22 looks, 
then you see how, you know, we're pretty much running the same stuff, you know, some different formations, but no different outcuts, no different breaks. And we got guys that really didn't get any separation. It was frustrating to watch. It really was. Well, and okay, as a, as a receiver now, let's say supposedly Hill's ankle is an issue and Waddle did miss most of the Niners game. So yeah, he came back this week, but he had like three targets and like one catch. You can't tell me he's f- fully healthy. A lot of what they've been doing with both Waddle and Hill is moving them before the play, right? The last two games, we haven't seen a lot of that. Does I ask you, as a guy who was the toughest nails receiver, who Marino wasn't scared to throw between four dudes, and we expected you to catch the ball, and you did. Um, when your lower half is injured, does it change how you go about routes or go about what you do before a route? Our lower half, other than our hands, is the most important part. You know, I mean, our ability to stop and go and cut and come back and gain that separation. If you don't have that lower half, man, that's it's easy to glue you. And these guys are playing a couple of different coverages that are always tough anyways in those situations. So I saw a few times they were playing two man, which means that they weren't worried about Jalen Waldo and, and Tyreek Hill running by them because they had help over the top. Yep. So they were underneath a lot of our routes, yep. you know. We weren't worried about the other guys on one-on-ones because, you know, they weren't getting the looks or the targets that, you know, that you'd like for other guys to get when you have those type of coverages on your number one and number two uh, receiver. So when it comes to that bottom half, man, look, when I hurt my foot, it was in, I had to run routes on one side one way and on the other side of the line of scrimmage the other way, you know, because, uh, you know, it was, I was, it was debilitating. So I'm sure the same thing is happening with these guys with these lower body injuries. Uh, Jalen just looked like he's just, um, he's laboring out yes. there a little bit. Can run straight ahead, but the stopping go is just not there. The burst isn't there. Um, and Tyreek, once his ankle is messed up, then you, then you really got to worry about him and his ability to stop. He can run straight ahead, as we saw with the touchdown yeah, and, and, the fumble, and yeah. you know, pick the scoop and score. Um, but at the same time, though, stop and be able to create that separation. That, that's the hardest part. Because no matter how fast these guys are, these DBs, they're, they're going to dig. They're going to, once mm-hmm. you stop, they're going to start coming. As a matter of fact, there was one pass that Tyreek was open and he was waiting on the ball. And usually when you're waiting, you start working your way back to the quarterback. He waited and the DB was able to recover, you know what I mean? So these guys have to work on, you know, you're running a curl route or a stop route and the ball's not there yet, work your butt back to the quarterback until you meet the football, you know, and that's uh, something that they didn't do the other day. Okay, now you played under Don Shula and then Jimmy Johnson, so I don't know if you were ever doing this, but in a game when you can see things are not working, and you can, and you feel things are not working, how involved are the players in saying, hey, coach, you know, like, I mean, <laughs> like, because yeah. it feels like, and I get it, Tua's still only year three, and until this year, he was the outcast and the scapegoat, but we've seen he and McDaniel have a good rapport, and it feels like what was going on, you could see in the game, it wasn't working, but it's, it's funny, as bad, as annoying as the defense was playing, they weren't giving up points. They were allowing the ball right. to move, right? but they were allowing them to stay in the game. So it was like, okay, in real time, you could feel, shoot, if they can just make this thing, or this thing, and they, like you said, they never did. Like, in the game, you're there. What can you do as a player to be like, Coach? I know Keyshawn Johnson would say, throw me the damn ball. You weren't that dude. It feels like neither of these guys is that. Even Tyreek Hill really isn't that dude. He seems like a really big team guy. But if you're noticing things you can exploit, because here's the deal. If they're doing that defense to stop one thing, as we know in sports, you can take away one thing, but now it opens up something else. You can't stop everything. What can you do as a player in the game? Because it feels like Mike McDaniel is sort of in this cocoon right now where they let him do his thing. He's been the genius. He's been the guru. Right now, he's hit a rough patch. To me, 
That's why you have a coaching staff. That's why you have players. That's why when you have a Marino, you have a Brady, we know that they get in the talk to the coach, they consult. How involved are the players in the game in trying to change the game plan? Or should they? Well, you know, it de- yeah, it depends on uh, how much clout you have, like you talk about, man. Tua has that clout. Tyreek has that clout. I think, you know, I even think Jalen Waddle has that type of clout. But Mike has had such success. Look at the last five yeah, weeks before know, San Francisco. And how do you question anything he's doing? Because the offense was so efficient and, you know, just moving up and down the field at will. You run into a snag last week and it looked like his game plan worked. We just didn't connect. And then we go to this this past game, the same game plan for the most part, it looked like at times. And now, you know, everybody's like, uh, well, he didn't make any adjustments. Well, if he went by, we went by the San Francisco game, we wouldn't need to make any adjustments. Yeah. We just got to make connections, yeah. you know. I think in the end game now, though, you, you I think it's going to have to happen where guys have to come up and it, you have to come back with some intel for your coaches. Yes. You know, the guys upstairs might see one thing, but as you on the field as the actual player, you know, this guy is bailing on me a lot. You know, I can blow by this guy, you know, run this route for this guy. You have to feel comfortable going back to your coach with that type of intel or go to Tua with it and let Tua, enter, you know, send it to coach. And let coach say, though, you know what? Tyreek needs a let's give him a seven route right here. You know, he's got this guy set up, set up, set up on the takeoff and on the deep post. And I think this is a great opportunity for us to get him on the seven. Speaking of the deep post, the one that Tyreek didn't see was a touchdown. Wide yeah. open, yeah. deep yes, post yes. down the middle of the yes. field. I, mean, I have no idea what happened right there. Maybe it's a miscommunication in terms of maybe there's supposed to be some air on that. Yeah. Or, you know, but it kind of was like more of a Tua, Tua type laser that he might try to throw yeah. at times. But it was so far down the field, there has to be an air shot right there. And he runs under that and he scores. Uh, Jalen on a takeoff didn't see a ball as well, which he was blown by his guy. Yep. Uncharacteristic of our team to miss those shots. But if we're going to keep doing those shots down the field like that. We got to dump it down sometimes yes, too, yes. man. We've got to, we've got to lower our eyes. We've got to find. Look, they're talking about Gasicki not getting any targets. Neither does Smythe. Man. No tight end gets any any targets on this team. You know, yeah. uh, the injury to Jeff Wilson hurt us a lot in the beginning because he's you know he and most of their one two punch. We and we had to play Ahmed some, and you know he couldn't get a couple of tough yards. So there are a lot of things that factored into it. But bottom line is there was some miscommunication two weeks in a row because I know Tua talked about it in San Francisco. Yep. And I looked like I saw the same thing, you know, for the, against the Chargers. And then we have to figure out a way to get these backs involved in the pass game. If we're not going to hand it to them, we got to do swings, yes. screens, dumps, and make it look like I mean, the same as a run play for us. Well, and, if, and that's the other thing. If teams are going to over-pursue at the line of scrimmage, you have to take advantage of it. And that, But that doesn't mean going deep either. Like, they may, like you said, they may have a safety over the top play you – tight, close, fine, then use the intermediate route, which they haven't been doing at all, and use the check down. That means if they're over-pursuing mm-hmm. the receivers, that means they're running backs, like you just said. And it's what the Chargers did. The Dolphins blitz so much. And right. it's, it's why Palmer and Eckler were, they would run free because everyone's yeah. so enamored by Williams and Allen, and they're blitzing that these guys are just open. Like, And that's the kind of thing that, Two is fine. I think it's a lot, and we've seen it with these coaches, and that's what makes great coaches great is they don't fall in love with anything. They fall in love with works. And it feels like McDaniel's fall in love with this game plan, and he needs to take a step back and go, okay, it's not working right now. This is what will work. What I do want to say is I I do love, and the Tua discussion we've talked about has ebbed and flowed, and it it hit a zenith where he was considered MVP, not considered, he's MVP race. Uh, He's a top the league in almost every major category. He's doing his thing, has two tough weeks. Now it's up. Oh, we knew it. He's horrendous. 
When it comes to the, the quarterback position, look, it's funny. Certain guys, and we've seen in the league now, once they get to a point of success, they can do no wrong. You played with one of those guys. Dan Marino could do whatever the hell he wanted. Um, but to me, every quarterback struggles at times. It's how they come back from it. Uh, what are your thoughts on not only the way Tua has played, but like the, the, the reaction to it and what you think you're going to see from him going forward? Yeah, you know, it's, it's amazing because – a lot of people forgot what two has done for us lately. You know what I mean? And um, they've gone back to, you know, even last week, you know, the San Francisco game, we were like, oh, same old Tua in this course this past week. Uh, back to back to Tua. Tua was much better in this game against the Chargers than he was against the Niners. You know, and that's good. That's a good sign. Like we talked about earlier, there was zero separation. Um, and I'm tell you, there wasn't a lot of separation for the Chargers receivers either, but they were making plays, yeah. making catches, yeah. you know, and that's going to be, it's, it's going to be tough sometimes. Keenan Allen with all his targets. I mean, most of those catches were tight coverage, yeah. you know, making plays. So it's, we have to do the same, but I, I think, you know, no matter what that, you know, that number one QB one position is going to get criticized, especially our guy, because, you know, they, they love to criticize him. Yeah. And um, I thought we should be happy with the fact that, you know, he had those five great weeks, you know, had a good week, had a bad week in San Francisco, but I thought he came back and threw the ball well. I think maybe play calling, like we talked about, might have played into his lack of success this past week. There were some plays he could have made, and a lot of these quarterbacks, and we saw it. We saw Herbert make some plays with his feet and find guys, and, you know, we see Mahomes do it every single week. That's not really Tua, you know what I mean? That's not really Tua, but we did see him lower shoulder, yeah. run and go and get some first down. Down. We saw a tough Tua out there, and guy was like, oh, don't do that, don't do that, but he, you know. Uh, he got back up, and that's that's really all that matters, you know. So yeah, man, it's like uh, you know we we've got a guy, we got to believe, and I believe that we've got the two from the five win five game win streak, and uh, you know, of course, another challenge coming up. But at the same time, though, man, I think that he's he's turned the corner, and he's the guy that we we hope it be being picked number five, and uh, he's just got to go out and show and prove, man. It's it's really sucks though, Luby, when we're on national TV. You know, yeah, the San Francisco yeah. game had a lot of coverage across the country. Yeah. You know, of course, the last game was on that in front of the whole world. There's another game in front of the whole world. Those are the times you have to shine, man. Yeah. Those are times that I love more than anything yeah. when I know the whole country, the whole world is watching, man. So our guys have to learn how to shine in these moments. Well, and that's what I the, – the last two things I wanted to touch on with you before I let you go. Um I'm I've from the beginning I've sort of written this one off as an L just because they were in a good place and you'll see teams let up plus <laughs> mid December in but July in Buffalo is horrendous mid December in Buffalo is like a freaking joke um January but, February March April May June <laughs> July August September and December all of them are pretty rough in Buffalo so I was gonna ask you as a guy who played in Buffalo a lot and I know we had not great success in Buffalo. Um, what is it like playing there? And look, I've already done the weather report. I'm like, let me see. It's going to be 30, 60% chance of snow, but the snow will be less than an inch. So maybe that's a positive. Maybe it won't be so ice filled. It'll be like Lambo. What is it like playing in that? And what can this South Florida team do there? <laughs> Well, see, I know we're a South Florida team, but you know, a lot of these guys played in some tough weather, you know, a lot in college. You know, for me, being a South Florida player, but for the Dolphins, hell, I played at Penn State. We played mm. in some nasty weather quite a few times. You never get in December as a college team like we're in now. You know, usually you're done by after Thanksgiving, yeah. right after Thanksgiving, so the weather isn't as bad. But it can still be cold out there. But we did see some snow games this year in the college football game, which is, which is very interesting to watch. Bottom line is this. 
30 degrees is nothing, you know. 30 degrees and, you know, 60% chance of snow, that's that's actually pretty good weather. The water say, you can run all nice. day in that. <laughs> yeah, you can, you can run all day in that. You know, as long as your footing's good, you can make plays on that, you know. And our guys have to take the, the mental part of that weather out of it. You know, somebody suggested that they should be there now practicing the snow. If you go out there and practicing the weather right now, you, they'll be worse off on Sunday because that's all they're going to be thinking about is the weather. Yeah. You know, they're going to think about how to layer up, how to get warm, how to stay warm instead of going out there and worry about playing football, man. I'm sure they're going to have some nice chicken broth or something on the sideline. <laughs> you know, they got the hot seats. They got the big parkers at Joe Chip, Chimino and, and Charlie Teal that they're putting together for them. You know, the weather shouldn't be a factor at all, especially because there were predictions it could be up to seven inches on that day. So yes. that's a good thing that yes. you're, you're le- looking at less than one. Um, but here's the thing, though, too, Luby. We play in the AFC East. Yeah. We better figure out how to play in this weather because yeah. the three out of the four teams are going to be in this weather late in the season, and we just got to get it figured out, man. So um, no excuses, bro. Go out there, get it done. You know what I mean? Three hours on the field and bring your butts home. There's no better place to win than Buffalo on the road, especially <laughs> a big game like this, man. So, I mean, you talk about a terrible flight coming from L.A. back to Miami after that loss. This would be an incredible flight home if they go out there and win on Saturday night. Hey, I hope you're right. Before we go, you brought up college. I, I'd be remiss. We love talking college with you. Your Penn State and the Lions, actually, if there was a playoff, would be in it. Um, my nose would be just on the outside looking in, but yours would be in it. Uh, we have the bowl season starting Friday. We have the, the, the playoffs. I do want to ask, as a guy, we've talked to you about playoffs, then expansion. What are your thoughts about the 12-team playoff that I think starts in the next two years? I'm intrigued by it, but I was more of a let's go to eight because it feels like those eight, like you have an Alabama, you have a USC that could have been, you have a Utah that could have been interesting. When you get to 12, it's like, look, and I know Penn State and my Florida State might have been the 11 and 12. I don't know where they reside when it comes to it. Where do you think about the play, the college football world, not only going from two to four, but now to 12? Yeah, I don't know about your Florida State being 11 and 12 or 11 to 12, man. I don't know about that, Luby, but here's, uh-huh. here we go. I'm a, I'm actually a Florida State fan now because my son goes to school up there. So oh, nice. we went up to the Florida State-Florida game, and we had an absolute blast. I didn't know that. Blast, That's man. cool. But, boy, you guys trending on in the right direction. I think Penn State should have been five or six. You know, I don't know. We're yeah. probably sitting at seven or eight. But, look, look at our two losses. Our two losses are two teams that are in the playoffs this yeah. year, you know, with Ohio State and Michigan. Um, Ohio State game got away late. Michigan beat us up early. But I, I'm going to tell you, man, I'm with you on the eight games, man. Twelve is, is a lot. It really is a lot, man. And I, I think that they could even actually they could have done six, you know, and the top two guys sit at home and let the other two figure out who's going to play them. Other four teams figure out who's going to play those two teams and then we'll go on from there, man. Um, but I, I think the expansion is necessary. It, it eliminates a lot of the, you know, we should have been there. We should have been there. We should have been there. So if you go and get the top, you know, well, 12 guys now, they've already decided 12 yeah, teams. Yeah, 12 you'll, sure. you'll have to get it figured out. But I think 12 is a lot, but I'm glad they are definitely expanding it. They need to expand it. All right, talking about a guy and a uh, team that's expanding, the Fish Tank Podcast. Check them out. Check this gentleman out. Uh, CBS 4, 560 WQAM. And once in a while, he finds time for us. We appreciate it, Juice. Thank you I so much. It. I love it, Lou. We you love, love you, you my friend. And uh, we will talk soon. And uh, hey, maybe you're right. Maybe that plane ride will be a, a positive one this Saturday and not a negative one. Bro, and you know, I'm going to tell you this, too. If they win on Saturday night, that's going to be the most relaxing Sunday they've had in a long time. <laughs> we shall see. Here's to a relaxing Sunday. We love you, Juice. Thanks a lot. We'll talk soon. Thanks for having me on, brother. Appreciate you. All right. We go from one legend and one great to another legend. 
to another great, the one and only Tony Segreto jumps with me. No default, kicking it old school. Thank you to Texas Roadhouse and Catholic Health Services. Coming up next, right here, the default show. No default, just Luby on South Florida Live. Hey, folks, Tony Segreto here. Let me ask you a question. What do you look for when you go out to eat? Good food, obviously. Friendly atmosphere, not too loud, but good energy, reasonable prices, and a place where you feel comfortable. All those ingredients, (laughs) no pun meant there, are hard to find unless you're talking about the Texas Roadhouse. You see, they encompass all of those attributes. Really, really good food, amazing atmosphere, good for a family, good for a date, or just a night out for yourself, and prices that will make you extremely happy. Their ribs unmatched, steaks hand-cut every day, everything, and I mean everything, is made on site, including their incredible bread. It's the one day, folks, that you can forget about low-carb diets. Trust me when I tell you, Texas Roadhouse, your restaurant, your destination, when you say, where should we go and eat tonight? From the newly renovated sports bar to the beautiful bayside views captured at the Tiki Bar, Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill has it all. Located at mile marker 104, the Big Chill also offers waterfront dining while experiencing breathtaking sunset views of the Florida Keys. It's simply the hottest spot in the Keys to cool off. That's Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill at mile marker 104 in Key Largo. For more information, call today at 305-453-9066. What we gonna do right here is go back, way back, back into time. We are now kicking it old school with the one and only Tony Segreto. Brought to you by Catholic Health Services and Texas Roadhouse. Tell me, doctor, where are we going this time? One and only Tony Segreto. Good morning, one and all. Thank you to joining. Thank you to you all for joining us. I appreciate OJ for his Dolphins insights. And good morning to you, the one and only Tony Segreto. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. I am doing fantastic. Where's Defoe? Defoe is in Atlantis. <clears throat> and not the Lost City. Because he would. if anyone would go to the Lost City of Atlantis, it would be Defoe. No, he's at Atlantis and Nassau, Bahamas. Uh, and he returns today. Well... I am honored to be on with you solo. This is, this is, this is, we always have fun together. And I have to tell you, man, you know, <clears throat> I listened to the last few minutes of, uh, of juice there and uh, I have so many stories in Buffalo. You know, I'm one of the oddities though. I like Buffalo. We're I aware. love the people there. I love the fans there, their passion for what they do. Um, I was telling my daughter last night, as you know, she works for Sunday night football and, and we were talking because we, uh, we're expecting here. In fact, we're under a weather watch right now. I, I was supposed to fly out today real quick, like a literally overnight come right back. Uh, my flight's already been postponed and or canceled because we're expecting 16 to 18 inches of snow. Uh, it's currently when I walk down. You'd love this. When I walked down to my studio this morning here to be with you, it was uh, 11 degrees with a wind chill of about five below. And there is my son. We have to throw that picture. Do we have that? We have to throw that picture up, Fred Garcia, a little bit later. Yes, okay. So um, we know. I told her what it was going to be like here. We started chatting about the Buffalo game. Uh, you know, it's funny because Shula always demanded. You know, in in his own way, without you know, without it being so transparent, uh, that the uh, teams like Buffalo and New England would play in Miami early in the season, those September games, those those 100-degree games, right? Well, 
the 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 flip side of that is okay we'll play there but now you've got to play in new england and foxborough and or buffalo <laughs> exactly. in december exactly. all right and there wasn't a there wasn't a time we weren't playing in new england and or buffalo where and in those days you know they didn't have the uh, the layered up you know the, the technology that they have today you know a lot of guys today wear wear the wetsuit Yep. And they cut the sleeves off. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, back then, they had what they called big mamas, and and they were they were basically long underwear, uh, but they were they were sheer like a like leggings that a uh, like stockings that a woman would wear. Okay, uh, but but made for men to to be able to you know if, they, if you were working outside or whatever. Uh, and it, it was it was just different, man. It was it was different. That's where I learned that the Buffalo Bill fans took tailgating to a brand new level <laughs> because it did not matter if it was ten below or not. They were tailgating outside. They had fires going. They were they weren't making just you know a tailgate. They were making three damn meals. Oh, they had their breakfast going. They had lunch ready, and they had after game ready, post game ready. So it, there's, uh, and again, and to Juice's point, OJ's point, he's so right. You know, the Dolphins need to be able to perform on the big stage. They they need yeah, to be able that's to, the problem. Do, to yep. do that. And and they're not there yet. And, you know, we, we have to be patient. Everybody's excited, you know, who's Super Bowl, all this, you know, like, calm down. You know, let's remember where we were just yep. even two years ago. Yep. Hoping, for, hoping for a winning season, not yep. you know, even or or a break even season. And now yep. we're at a point where we have a quarterback who's playing well. We have two wide receivers that are extraordinary. We have an offensive line that's getting better. Yeah. We have a defense that's matchable to most. Um, certainly not the level of what San Francisco puts on the field at this point. But you know, we're 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 getting closer, and we're learning how to win. We're learning how to win those critical games on the road on national TV you know, under the lights. So it it's important. But Buffalo is it's it's gonna be a great atmosphere. There's nothing like football in December. I mean, there just isn't. People around here, they're all wearing their, you know, Patriot or New York oh, Giants really? hats. They're excited. You know, so it's 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 a fun time of year and uh it's 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 gonna be an interesting game. And and again to OJ's point, you know, everybody who's oh this is a South Florida team, yada yada yada, you know Let's look at the roster. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> they, they, they didn't just pick from Palmetto Bay and Glades. Yeah. <laughs> and, even, and even if the colleges are like South Carolina or Florida State or Miami, a lot of those young men grew up in places like Pittsburgh yep. and in, in Detroit and, and places like that. So they, they know it. They get it. There, there are a few outliers, of course. But I want to tell you this. Uh, OJ was talking about the hot seats on the sideline. Yes, and the and the chicken broth. I like the broth. That. I never heard the broth thing. I was oh like, yeah. So let me. I'll tell you a story. Fling it down their throat. <laughs> so two two year two years ago. Okay. Uh, my Orange Bowl assignment was to do the uh, AAC game championship. Yeah, yeah Cincinnati. Yeah. Cincinnati, Cincinnati and Houston yeah, at Cincinnati. Yeah. And it was one of those cold nights mm. where the temperature itself wasn't that bad. It was like thirty degrees. But but the wind was just howling. Yep. So the, the feels like was we were down in the digits, single digits. So we're on the sideline, orange jackets on. We have our sweaters on underneath. And we were, you know, we were warm, but it was chilly. And um, the uh, the training team came out 
and said, listen, come on in the locker room. We got the broth going. And they had, they had cups of hot broth for the players when they came in at halftime or they had them in little hot cups like this one, only, you know, a smaller version like a Yeti. And they would bring them out and, and keep them warm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And hot seats and, and the big parkas. So they're, they're all right. By the, by the time they get on the field and when they start moving, you know, it's when it dips below that 15, 20 degrees. Uh, that's when, you know, OJ was talking about 30 degrees. Wide receivers love that. It's, mm. it's when it gets below that that the, the football becomes a rock. It literally does become a rock. It's as hard as you can imagine. Well, and, and that's, there's a lot you said in there that I, I wanted to touch on. Like, first of all, I understand, look, when you go into a season, you have certain expectations, but as the season goes on, your expectations change. But I always like to remind myself, fine, this is where we are now, but where we were does matter too, right? Like, the Dolphins made all these moves, they got better, but no one was talking Super Bowl. People, when people talked playoffs, because the AFC was seen as loaded, people would sort of get weird about uh, Dolphins fans and pundits talking playoffs for the Dolphins. So when they went on that five-game win streak, they got to eight and three. They were the number two seed. Um, the Super Bowl was mentioned, and deservedly so. But it doesn't mean that, to me, you forget where you were. Okay, that, that's the first thing. Yeah. So when you lose two games, it should just put things back into focus. Top of that, you, you said something that was interesting. When it comes to, like, the team learning to win. Mike McDaniel has to learn to win. Mike McDaniel has to learn that he's been humble. He's been modest. He's been the guy that you don't know if they're winning or losing when you look at his face. But his game planning doesn't reflect that, right? Like, he's, he hasn't been the guy that, depending on the situation, I'm going to change. He, he's new. He's been really smart, really bright. And yeah, what he's I done has worked. Like, he's also playing. You have to remember. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, you, no, but no He's problem. also playing to his personnel. Yeah. You know, like what his personnel can do. You know, you could have the greatest play in the world, but if you don't have the guys to execute it, John Wooden used to talk about that all the time. The great, the legendary basketball coach from UCLA. He goes, I, if I have a great play and I have a great scheme that that for sure is going to work, it, shame on me if I have guys that can't make it work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you need to be able to do what you can. Uh, with what you can. And, and I think, I think what you do is you learn how players react yes. and perform in those situations, right? As uh, uh, my guy, does he have the strength of mind to be able to do a couple things? One, handle the stage. And I know that's a roll your eyes. <laughs> depot is like, no, but yeah, it's yeah, true. Yeah. They haven't. They haven't you know, it's the, the truth. It is the, it is the outright truth. You ask any coach at any moment in a big game, can my guys handle that moment? And by that, it means can they handle a mistake and get rid of that mistake in their head so they can get it, go on and play the next play without sitting there worrying about that so much that they now make another mistake, yeah. right? Can, can they concentrate? Can they focus? Do they have the ability to block all of that out? That's handling the moment. That's handling the stage. Can you, can you pay attention to what's going on on the sideline? Are you, where are you in the game? Where is your mind in the game? All of those things play a major role. And so we're finding out not just about the team, but to your point, we're finding about how Mike McDaniel makes quick yep. you know, decisions on the spot. Yep. It's a learning process. It takes time and, and it'll get there. Listen, I, I have nothing but strong belief and, and confidence in, in what they're doing and what he's doing. 
but it takes time and people have to calm down. We're just, <laughs> gosh almighty, we're in this world of, we got to win, we got to win now. And, and then after you start winning, you know, there's never enough. There, it's never enough. You know, talk to Alabama fans. They're all sick and tired. Yeah, of, they're wondering, what, oh, wow. What do you mean Ohio State fans want to fire Ryan Day? They're in the playoffs now. <laughs> you know what they say the definition of an expert is, right? Uh, the no. guy from the, the guy from the next town. Exactly. That's the, def, that's the definition of an expert. You know, I want to change. I want to change. Mario Cristobal. Oh my gosh, sixteen guys are in the portal. What does that mean? That it's means those guys don't want to be there. Yeah. You know what? And if that's the case, see ya. We'll get guys that do want to be here. You know what? What did Mario say? I know we're flipping with the parents. Here, but, maybe. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, but he he goes listen. In order to win, you need Jimmy's and Joe's. And right now, we don't have Jimmy's, Joe's, John's, or Sam's. We have nothing. You know. Well, no, he's turning over the roster, which is what you you should do. I just my question was why he didn't do it last year. He he obviously thought there was. Well, more he's got to give these guys a chance. Yeah. You know, he, he's got to give. It. He can't go in there and just you know. Arbitrary and people do. Just, <laughs> they go in well, and clean yeah, out. Yeah, but way. that's not who. He, listen, listen. Let's go back to Norvell uh, and 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 the way he handled it. You know, he withstood a lot of heat. Oh, yeah. Including well, from you. Yeah, no, he took No, I questioned the hire. I, I questioned a lot that first year when they were three and seven. I mean, but he, see, that's the thing is he went in right away and he turned over the roster a lot. And maybe, look, the, the Canes maybe were in a different place than the Knowles. And maybe they had a lot of guys that looked like they could play and Chris Ball was giving them a chance, and I give him credit for it. I just watched Norvell do the opposite. Like Norvell, the first year, I don't know if it was 16 transfers, but there was a lot of stuff behind the scenes he did where he elevated young guys and put a lot of the older guys, you know. Well, we'll see. We'll, we'll see how this goes. Let's get, let's get back. I want to talk college because we, I, I, I kind of disagree with you guys on the playoffs. And we can get to that maybe in the next segment. But I want to go back to Buffalo. Yeah. You know, there were many times early in Shula's career that we we dominated the Bills. Oh, that's before my time. <laughs> dominated. I miss those Dom- days. <laughs> we dominated them more than any other team. That's funny. Uh, and then it flipped. Then when, then when Jim Kelly and Thurman Thomas got there and, and, and you know. The list. Uh, I, I can remember, name you all of them, I promise. I remember them very well. I remember coming out of a game, a winter game. Um, and we, we had, we would be in buses in a December game. And and Bills fans would be throwing snowballs. <laughs> well, did they, the default wasn't joking about the hanging of the Shula effigy. <laughs> it was incredible. It was incredible. I was sitting. I was sitting in the bus, and a snowball came and broke the window of the oh, bus, geez. shattered, and oh, it shattered the window in front of me. And in front of me was Wayne Heisinger's son. Oh God! Oh God! Well, I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was, it's a different group. It's a different group now. And, and, and I'm not saying that I, that is just deplorable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, but, but they were very passionate. But, but they were very passionate. They were very, very passionate. But I remember Dolphins getting, getting beaten pretty good by Buffalo. I can't remember the score. I'm walking out of the locker room and the, the defensive coordinator at the time and of the Dolphins was Tom Oliver Dottie, who was the great defensive coordinator for the Hurricanes. And Don, Tom pulls me aside and he says, do you have the stats and, you know, the, the booklet with all the play by play? It was a, it was a booklet yeah. all stapled together and it was play by play of every of every play of every quarter. And then at the end, a, a, a compilation of all of the stats. Right. And he, he looks at him and he goes, you see. If, if, if Thurman didn't have this 35 yard run for a touchdown and if Thurman didn't have 
this 40-yard pass for a touchdown. <laughs> and if Andre didn't have this 20-yard pass for a touchdown from Jim <laughs> Kelly, we got him. That's I go, I go that's coach, that's true. But those things did happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, guess what? If they didn't have their 11 and we played without their 11 on the field, yes. we win. Thank yes. You. Thank you. But guess what? They had their 11 on the field, too. Yeah, Diva loves Alvadati would do. If they didn't have the 75-yard run and this 80-yard catch, yeah. Well, yeah, thank you. Yeah, Make exactly. it not happen. <laughs> like, exactly. I mean, you could spin it, you know, Jimmy Johnson, God bless him, man. He used to say, <laughs> you can spin a statistic any way you want. Yep. Any way you want. Yep. You can make it a positive. You can make a negative. You, you can just do that. And Tom was a master at that. An absolute master. And that's when Jimmy Kelly and Thurman Thomas uh, and Andre Reid, they, they just owned. They oh, owned. Yeah. I mean, goal. James Lofton. Owned, owned, the one that did it, Bruce goal. Smith, like as, as much as Marino had a field day against everyone, Bruce, it seemed like Bruce Smith and Cornelius Bennett and Daryl Talley licked their chops every time they faced the freaking Dolphins. And the yeah. Dolphins had and a good Bruce, line then. And Bruce and Danny became pretty good friends. Yeah. yeah. They, were, uh, they were great competitors and uh, – <laughs> I tell you what, it was something to play in Buffalo. Those fans were absolutely – it's going to be wild on Saturday night. I mean, you're giving those Buffalo fans in the winter with snow all day to get lathered up. Yes. All day. <laughs> well, that's the thing. And, and I, I did that in college a bunch of times. Usually by the nighttime, they're actually waning. It, they're Buffalo Not fans. They're used Buffalo. to this. <laughs> that's, that's phase two. Exactly. They're just gearing up. <laughs> Man, oh man, oh man! Yeah, so I, there'll be there'll be everything from bourbon to white lightning in those class. <laughs> I guarantee you that. And there'll be Santa Claus all over the yeah, place. Exactly. It's going to be a special night, man. It's going to. I, I honest to God, I wish I was there. That I, that atmosphere was it, it was remarkable. It was if if you love wild winter games, going to Buffalo in December. I mean, is one of those uh, you know kind of bucket list experiences. So, I was going to say be, like. It's, it's, being a South Florida guy through and through, I've always wanted to go to Lambeau, and then I've always wondered, do I? So I, I, you're a guy who lives in Vermont, so you have a different constitution when it comes to – you just said 16 to 18 inches, and I was like, of rain, like yeah. what is he talking about? I'm like, that's not a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My son's trying to get in. My wife's trying to get in. I was trying to get out for 24 hours. I don't think I can even get out because it's not just – the weather here today is fine, but it's all the planes coming from – all of these other systems that are, you know, trying to get through what's going on in New Orleans, what's going on in the South, what's going on in Florida. You know, it's just it's hard. So uh, but it'll, it's going to be a, it's going to be an interesting uh, it's going to be an interesting weekend now to see how these. And you know what? Um, what a great test for us, because Josh Allen and that team, they're just they have so many ways they can beat you. It's so I mean, I know you and OJ, I'm sure, talked about it, but. You know, when you got a guy like Josh Allen who who not only runs, you know, you got Patrick Mahomes who does like just insane stuff. The no look pass last weekend was yeah, like insane. It, yep, yep. it was insane. Yep. And, um, but then you have a Josh Allen who plays the quarterback position, much like Jim Kelly played the quarterback position. Mm. Jim Kelly played with and I, there's not a no, no quarterback plays with fear. Don't get me wrong. Please don't misunderstand. This. Yeah. But but Jim and Josh play the played and play the game like they're running backs yeah. you know who with the with the ability to throw the football with great accuracy yeah. 
and and there's just no fear when they run they're going to put their head down like a running back they'll slide if they have to if they have to but if not they're going to run right over you Allen doesn't slide very often <laughs> no, no although they keep yelling him telling him i'm saying I, I i say and i laugh because he needs to um, yeah. because he's become a passer and the run game is a big part of his game and their game, but it doesn't need to be. The dude's yeah. become one of the best yeah. passers in the league, yet he still runs like he's a freaking fullback from the nineteen seventies. Um yeah. so like Zonka, it's literally like Zonka, yet he's yeah. the quarterback, which you don't want to see if you're a Buffalo Bills fan. Yeah, look, and that's the thing, like I've sort of written off this game because of the weather, the aura, just Miami in the Buffalo. weather. I don't. I never factor the weather as much as I care. You know, factor in again. Can can this team? What have we learned from two straight losses on the road in California? What have we learned? Yeah. Okay. And and now we're going on the road again. The environment completely different. Completely different environment. So again, it's learning. It's learning how to win. Uh, I know we have Ed Garcia coming up. And after that, when we get done, uh, I have to tell you about the evening I spent with Dabo Sweeney and Josh. Oh Heifel. yeah, we need yeah. to talk about your Orange Bowl uh, preamble as you do this yeah. each and every year. It seems like you get a uh, who's who's list of college football coaches, and this year isn't any different. So I definitely want to talk about that. We're waiting on Ed Garcia, so maybe we'll talk about Catholic Health Services right now while we wait on Ed Garcia. Um, I. Thank goodness, haven't had to use them just yet. But in my do- doings with Catholic Health Services and then watching between you and Defoe what you've dealt with, it gives me peace of mind to know that someone's out there that not only will make sure my loved one will be okay, but will make sure we around my loved one will be informed, which again, like I've talked about it, I have dealt with and it can be a pain in the rear. And I, I want you to take this in the spirit in which it's being said, because it must be said very delicately. I know the name of the facility and this group of people is Catholic Health Services. You do not have to be Catholic. Oh, yeah. You can be of any faith and go to Catholic Health Services. They're an extraordinary group of people who do extraordinary things every single day. Now, if you ask them, they're going to tell you they're a group of ordinary people <laughs> who try to do ordinary things yeah. to help people become extraordinary yeah. every single day. Yep. That's what makes them different. You know, listen, there is not a nurse, uh, a nurse's assistant, a doctor's assistant, um, a doctor you don't have deep respect for because they obviously love what they do. But then there are those who take the love and they take it to a whole new level. Yep. Okay, and that new level are the people who work at Catholic Health Services. They not just they just don't care about, you know, getting you better. They care about doing it holistically. They're not going to worry just about, okay, am I going to get this hip better? Am I going to help that person get over the stroke better? Am I going to get the elbow, the the elbow, the the shoulder, whatever it is? No, I want to be able to make sure I get their mind focused and their mind better, too, so that when they walk out of here, they feel differently. They feel more positive. They feel more energy. They feel like they know what they have to do in the event that their rehab at home may be not going as well as they need to do, right? But that they're confident in themselves as the patient to be able to, to, to get better themselves, right? That's important. You know, being able to get a patient out of that, that depressed, oh my gosh, I have this malady, I have this injury, I have this thing happen to me, uh, 
get them out of that mode is as important as doing the physical part. And that's one of the places that Catholic Health Services excels in. And the other thing, and Defo and I talk about this all the time, they communicate, communicate, communicate. They constantly keep the family in the loop because there's no question when someone is, is getting a rehab or going through a hard time physically, it impacts the entire family. Yep. So how do, what does that mean? That means they're going to have to learn about what is it like to, to, to go through this rehab? What do I need to know? How are they doing? Can I put my head on the pillow at night as a family member and feel confident that my loved one, my mother, my father, my aunt, my uncle, my grandmother, my grandfather, they're taken care of properly? The answer is a big, big yes. yes. Catholic Health Service, a special place. Holiday season, we're grateful. We are thankful for Catholic Health Services, not just being on old school with Tony Segreto and Luby and, and Defo. We're thankful for Catholic Health Services for being in this community. And we're thankful Especially. for you for sticking with us. Coming When we come back, we'll get into a little bit of college football as the Orange Bowl is on the horizon. The bowl season kicks off this Friday. More of Kicking It Old School with Tony Segreto. Thank you to Texas Roadhouse and Catholic Health Services. Act after this on South Florida Live. Play the ponies in style at Champions, the outstanding simulcasting room at beautiful Hylia Park. Yes, the grand old lady of thoroughbred racing has never been more vibrant, and you can wager on the races from the top tracks around the country while enjoying a cocktail at the Brass Rail Bar or any of the fine food served throughout the facility. If poker is your game, you're covered in style. And you can play all your favorite Vegas-style games, including blackjack, craps, and roulette in Hylia Park's sizzling hot casino. Get a player's card when you walk through the door for all kinds of generous amenities, including our favorite, free play. When you come out to the ultimate casino and entertainment destination, Hylia Park. Hey, folks, Tony Segretto here. You know, since day one, Catholic Health Services has been part of old school. And since we've started letting people know about them, it's changed their lives. You see, Catholic Health Services, while being recognized as one of the top places for stroke rehab in the country, it's also about a group of people who not just excel in what they do, from the doctors to the nurses to the therapists, on and on and on. It's how they do what they do every single day that separates them from the pack. They do it with a passion, unmatched, and the inclusion of family in every step of the process. Trust me when I tell you this, if you want the best unmatched rehab with a special group of skilled caring people there is truly only one place and that one place is catholic health services these days we're all looking for comfort anywhere we can find it thank goodness for landlubbers raw bar and grill in the plantation location because they are making sure you are as comfortable as possible first of all they're not only open for delivery and pickup all you have to do is go to landlubbersbarandgrill.com for both pickup and free delivery their hours have changed a little bit monday through thursday from 3 30 to 10 and Friday, Saturday, and Sunday from 1130 to 10, you're going to have the best wings in the world. You're going to have a great burger. You're going to have their amazing soups. Again, Landlubbers, Raw Bar, and Grill. It's nice and easy. Just go to landlubbersbarandgrill.com for both your pickup and free delivery. Thank goodness for Landlubbers for making you always feel right at home. Tony Segreto joins us with Old School. You probably saw this as a Yankee fan. <laughs> Look at $360 million San Francisco Giant dollars. No. Holy Willie Mays. I think we have ourselves an outfielder and a new hero. I mean, what, what do you Let's think, see. Tony? Are you okay Let's, with that? No. Shame on the Yankees if they don't, if they don't counter with $50 more. Yeah. Wow. Shame on them. Shame on them. 
And they have the money. Shame on that's <laughs> all. I have don't have the money. It's probably never happened to you. It's happened to me a couple of times uh, where you come home and all the furniture is gone and all of her clothes are gone. <laughs> and the only thing you have left, I mean, it's like an room. You go to sit down in the kitchen and even that chair is gone. You land on the floor. <laughs> What kind of what kind of people have you been? It's not the people. It's him. I don't know. Not sure. I, exactly. Sometimes what it is. I wonder. Sometimes <laughs> I don't. Sometimes I. What you're doing wonder. on this show? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was like, wait a minute. You, you had an impeccable <laughs> reputation. What have I hitched my wagon to? <laughs> have I hitched uh, my wagon to this falling star? What is it? Defo and Louie always have a blast kicking it old school with the iconic Tony Segreto. Brought to you by Catholic Health Services and Texas Roadhouse. Well, that, I, I played that bite on purpose and I kept it that way because within minutes the Yankees did pony up and re-sign yeah. Aaron Judge. So uh, you called for it and it was like the sign burners were, were listening. Literally, yeah, all, all, all happy in Yankee land for sure. <laughs> all happy in Yankee land. And it will be all happy in South Florida. It sort of sucks Hooker's hurt um, because that Tennessee-Clemson matchup is one that was a playoff matchup like two weeks ago, um, and we're getting it down here in South Florida. You, as you do each and every year, were uh, lucky, privileged, honored enough to talk to both coaches who have both been around the game a long time, and a guy in Josh Heupel that we saw down here in an Orange Bowl win a title as a quarterback yeah. for the Oklahoma Hard to Sooners. believe we were, we were talking, he and I were talking about it. It's like, it's hard to believe, man. It was 19 years or 20 years ago. 2000, yeah. He won I the title very yeah, well. at Oklahoma. And um, I have to tell you, we could not, uh, what, a, what a pleasure to speak to two coaches. Spent, and I spent, we spent a good amount of time. I, I was with them uh, right after their, their press conference. We all sat in a room together and just joked and laughed. And they were both coming off recruiting trips and going back on recruiting trips. And uh, just, just the, the, the passion they have for the game. Uh, I, I mean, I know, you know, Defoe, Defoe is just, you know, cynicism is his, is his world. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's all about, oh, Dabo, I'm sick of Dabo. You know, it's like he's sick of, he's sick of Tebow. He's sick. Anybody, anybody that is like, you know, a nice, a nice person and a nice guy, you go, oh, phony. really? Listen, I'm a, it, nobody's perfect. But, mm-hmm. but with Dabo and Josh, what you see is what you get, man. I mean, they were, they, their hair was let down and, and we were laughing about, you know, just certain things and, you know, certain moments that happen, but their love for playing down here and playing in this game and in the orange bowl and what it means to their programs um, is remarkable. I mean, a- absolutely, absolutely remarkable. And, and what they learn, you know, they're talking about, you know, we got to get our kids through the finals so that we can figure out our way, how to practice and how do we keep everybody healthy? And we both, both teams have new quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Clemson starting quarterback for this game was the guy who actually won the job. Yeah. 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 Nick, yeah. yeah. And, and uh, a lot of, a lot of Clemson fans will tell you that they were sort of bitching that he should have been in earlier. Yeah. Um, we'll find out what he does, you know, again, and, one of the things we talked about was that what you see in the bowl game is a different team than what ended the season. Yep. They had a, had a month off. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's different. It's just, it's just different. So the different schemes they put in, but you're going to have two coaches 
that you're going to love their animation on the sideline and how they handle things. Um, it is going to be, even though we've had orange before, this is going to be the orangest orange, <laughs> orange bowl we've ever had. Yeah. Absolutely ever had. So it was an honor to, to, to spend time with them. Uh, I'm going to be spending time with them again um, at the coaches luncheon uh, coming up at the end of December and uh, be able to sit with them and chat with them again. And, and, and as, as all I can say is it's nice to talk to two coaches who want to be there and who aren't cranky like other coaches we know <laughs> who, who sit with you because they have to oh, not funny. sit with you because they want to enjoy the time they have with you, not just pretend like they enjoy the time they have with you. Uh, it's nice to have that. It makes, it makes for what we do at orange bowl uh, a lot better. Well, and it's oh, interesting. And look, and I, I've been default actually used to like Dabo. And now that he's gotten, had all the success and he, always does uh he goes to the place of religion and so that's turned default's cry i've never liked that well since the beginning i've felt like he was a poor man spurrier and i can't i feel like he's a phony but I, what i will say is when saban was really lobbying at halftime of games in commercial or live form Dabo, they came to him after the game, and when they, it's funny, after that South Carolina game, they played a North Carolina team, and they played really well, and Carolina had a really good offense, and they stymied him, and they asked him point blank when he was in his froth, and they said, look, uh, how do you feel, you know, because they're only a one-loss team, and it's not like, they're in a very similar position to Ohio State, Ohio State didn't play a lot of ranked teams, and the really tough game they played, they got throttled at home, um, he said, look, it was right in front of us, we had it. And we let it slip away. And I give them credit for that because they shouldn't have lost to South Carolina. And they shouldn't have lost like that to South Carolina. If they beat South Carolina for two parts, they're in. And FSU's in the Orange Bowl. So I, I'd be a lot happier because FSU would have finished higher ranked than Carolina. Um, but I give them credit because they, they teed him up. And he could have said it wouldn't have done anything. But, you know, he had sort of a case. And he said, look, like we were there. We let it slip away, and I give him credit. I, that's one thing I'll give Dabo credit for. I don't give him a lot of credit because I think he goes to the oh, the kids when he's he's also been. Well, the first hold guy to on, say, I'm going to I'm going to share a story with you. Okay, he and I did a a one on one interview, and it was just there were three people in the four people in the room, two photographers and me and Dabo. And I said to him, it, we were recording. Um, and I, I'm hoping they're going to edit this in um, when we do the, our, our Orange Bowl huddle, releasing our, our interviews that we do. Uh, I said it was at the end of the game when the young man muffed the punt, the fumbled Are punt. you talking about that last week? Yeah. And I said, it was interesting. I said, you, you took this, when this took, this young man came off the field, he was obviously visibly upset, sure. crying. Um, you took him behind the bench where cameras could hardly see you, but they found you. The young man was bent over. You were bent over with him, with your arm around him. Can you tell us what you said? And he looked into the camera, he looked at me and he said, yeah. He said, I told him that while as bad as he felt it was that he fumbled the ball, that didn't cause us to lose this game. There were so many other factors that caused us to lose this game. We should have never been in that position to begin with. Yeah. And you're a freshman. You're a good player. There's going to be many moments where three years from now, you're going to look back at this and 
and, and not feel like you're feeling right now. And I thought that was, you know, and, and that's real. Yeah, yeah. And, and that, and that's how, what do you do? That's how coaches, that's how good coaches yeah. coach. They don't just let them go and stew in it, you know? Um, and they don't let, they don't rake them over the coals for it because he's right. It's like a call. I, I, I always get into discussions about this with my son. Oh, that call was awful. We lost because of the call. I go, you never lose because of a call. I'm sorry. I mean, yeah, there the are those, the rare, those rare, rare moments. Okay. That is just a tight game. But how many moments in that game, yeah. whether it's a nine inning baseball game or a four quarter football game or a basketball game, when you have the opportunity to either nail it, put it away or, or, you know, make sure that you were in the position to win this game and you didn't do it. So you relied on, on a, you know, you, you were playing by the skin of your teeth and a call caused it. That didn't cause the, the loss. What caused the loss were all the other, all the other moments. Well, so <clears throat> go ahead. Well, no, I was, and well, the thing is, and it's interesting, um, I haven't heard either of their comments on it, but we've seen both schools attacking it. I don't know if it's differently, but like the three schools that get talked about the most when it comes to NIL are Texas, Texas. Texas A&M, or maybe, okay, maybe four schools. Texas, Texas A&M, Miami, and Tennessee. <laughs> Tennessee uh, has, was a sleeping giant, supposedly. The minute NIL started, they had an NIL fund that was second to none. Um, Clemson, I have not heard anything about NIL, and I know when you do these things, you don't really get into the muck with them. But it's not muck. I mean, it's an open thing. It's a legal thing. And yeah, no, we I, talked, talked about, it. about it. I, you know, I'm curious how both talked because Tennessee has gone rabid with NIL. Yeah, Clemson has it. Pretty honest about it. Yeah, he goes. You know, it, we, we got we got NIL and, and and Dabo. They don't have it. They know they, they don't. Yeah, no, Dabo. They they just they just don't. There's not many kids that even have it. Mm. And and Dabo doesn't go into the portal. Yeah, he does, yeah, they don't. Clemson and Georgia really he, don't get a lot of transfers. He's all about he's all about growing the pro, the the program from within and confident. in, you know, we we talked about the portal a okay. lot, and and these schools, all these schools, had to hire more people just to handle the portal part, mm. right? Because you have all of these kids, you know, and this is where. Man, these kids got to be advised better because if a kid doesn't get picked up, he's done. Yep. He's done. Yep, yep. Absolutely done. Yep. Uh, so I, I, you know, what did they have the first the first two hours at the portal where they had over six hundred men, young men, in the portal? What are we at? Twenty five hundred now? Well, no. Like see, okay. So then, then you know more than me because I talked about this drunken Jimmy Monday. And at that point, it was like 1,200, which I thought was utterly insane. I, if More than that if now. Over 2,000. Okay. That's the thing is like, and I'm curious how the, what these coaches do with it because you're seen as probably disingenuous when you tell a guy to not transfer. But what we've realized is I, I am all for it in the sense that coaches were able to leave whenever they wanted to go wherever they wanted. And they thought it was utterly ridiculous that players couldn't do it. And if, first of all, there was a time where teams, schools could say, no, you can't go here. You can only go here, which that was ridiculous. Then they stopped that, but you still were doing the, well, you can't play for a year, which sort of sucks. But the problem is these kids are not getting advised properly because what's happening is kids just go, my coach is a meanie. I'm leaving. That, that's don't, what that's what most of these you they don't guys do are due doing. diligence. They don't go like a lot like when kids are going to the draft, right? The NFL will say, "Look, this is your grade. You can go or not go." Fine. These kids don't put their foot in the water. They don't talk. Some kids, not yes, at all. you're seeing recruiting. 
before kids are saying they're transferring. But that's not everyone. A lot of kids are just saying, I'm leaving. And they have no idea where they're going to fall. And what happens is you had a scholarship there where at least you're going to get a free education, maybe make some money. Now you don't. And you're not guaranteed it. That's the one thing that does have to change. And I don't know what these coaches talked about because I'm curious what they say to kids. Say, look, you can leave. But remember, it's not guaranteed. They talk exactly. They talked about that, and 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 in many many ways, uh, Dabo was it Dabo or Josh? I'm trying to remember which one. Because Hypo lived in the portal. It's funny, Hypo, mm-hmm. much like Norvell, a lot of its success is attributed to the portal. So I'm curious well, how you do the other thing. We talked about how do you use a portal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how do you use it? Okay, if there's an extraordinary young man, like let's just say. An extraordinary quarterback. Yeah, we've before. seen it. Well, Williams was a, transferred to USC. Yeah, he won a Heisman. Yeah. But and, and now what? I mean, okay, do you go after him? Is my guy good? How, what are the chances of me getting him? But otherwise, you're like, you're like, okay, this is what I need. If there's a guy out there that's a lot better than the guy I have, mm-hmm. then I'm going to take a look. For example, Notre Dame needed a kicker. They brought a transfer kicker in. Okay, Miami's looking for a myriad of things. Yeah, right? yeah, we're yeah. going to see what we where, where we can get, and we have to have the right character. Yeah. It, how is the fit? Is the fit going to be good for us? Right. Yeah. All of those, all of those things. But but Joshua was told me how he. I'm pretty sure it was him. He advised this young man not to go in the portal. Oh wow! And the kid went anyway. Went. Kid went anyway because he said, I, 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 I think I can do this. I, th- I think I'm going to get picked up. Well, guess what? Uh, I don't know if he's been picked up, but last I heard, he wasn't picked up yet. And, and that, that's, the, that's, the, that's the tough part of this. It's not always greener on the other side. Yeah. It's yeah. not always that good on the other side. Yeah. Look, at, look at some of these guys who have all of a sudden become studs because the guy in front of them got hurt. Yeah. Or two guys in front of them yeah. got hurt. Yep, yep. You know, and 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 I I think that it's like the young man Jim Morris, the the great baseball coach at the University Thanks. of Miami, who who replaced Ron Frazier, would tell me how he would go into young man's uh, a guy he recruited, and and uh, tell a family like the family goes, oh, my son just got offered a million dollar signing bonus to sign with so and so, you know, baseball, and Jim goes, okay, I want you to break that down. How much do you actually yeah, get? Yeah, a million really, yeah. Okay, and then how much does that last? And how much are you going to pay the agent? I think I think for the million-dollar one he was telling me about, it came down to a quarter of a million dollars. Yeah. He goes, you know, a quarter of a million dollars doesn't get you an education here at the University of Miami. Probably you need not. more than that. Yeah. And if he comes here, he gets an education. And if he doesn't get drafted again, he still has an education and goes out and makes a living in the world. Because he's not going to play baseball until he's 105 years old yeah. or 80 years, <laughs> yeah. whatever the case might be. And the same thing with these young football players. You know, it's about can they listen to their coaches? What happens is there's, you know, it's it's youth athletics all over again. You know, yep. uh, you're getting adv- advised by people who shouldn't advise them. Yeah. Plain well, and simple. And, and that's sometimes the it's like, the parent, and sometimes it's the parent. Well, that's that's the thing. Is to me. The coaches, it's presumed when they say stay that they're just being greedy. Uh, that's why I like when the coaches, look, a Calipari will say, look, you need to go. <laughs> like, you're going to be a top five yeah. pick. What are you staying for? Like, I, I think as long as there's some genuineness, sincerity there, then I'm curious 
if they're heard because usually I, I feel like from whatever from a guy like Dabo he's pretty his guys go to the league a lot so he's a guy saving same thing where they, they will be honest and say look yeah you hey listen you're year, gonna make look, it you're not go. gonna make it or, or I've talked to I've talked to enough pro coaches who say yeah, maybe I'll yeah. wait a year so that's what I'm saying is I wonder how these players and it, it, it is a parent and look parents are supposed to and usually do have their child's uh, best intentions at heart. But here's the deal. If you struggle financially and there's a shot at being now with NIL, it's not even going pro. It's going to another program that's promising money or not even having that, but thinking that there's a program that will promise money. My, I'm just curious how the NCAA doesn't even really exist when it comes to football anymore. They still have some power when it comes to basketball, but football. The NCAA is a it's, it's well, a, That's what I'm saying. Who, you're there. I, I, you're yeah, involved. Who can, I don't know rule-wise, because I don't want to restrict the kids, but I, there's got to be something there that says, look. They're talking, they're trying to figure out, listen, before this is all said and done, in the next five years, we're going to have two super conferences. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, uh, that's that's what's gonna happen yeah, yeah, and they're just gonna run they're gonna they're gonna run the show yeah and and uh listen the rose bowl if 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 things didn't pan out the way they were going to right let's say ohio state didn't get in yeah right ohio state probably would not have gone to the rose bowl even though they were they were the team that most people would have thought because at that point the, rose bowl, had, the big rose bowl has it has it <clears throat> written that they can take any team they want. It doesn't have to be the team that's not in the playoffs. So there had been some there had been some talk between Ohio State and Ohio State wasn't real keen about going back to the Rose Bowl. They had been there two years in a row, and the Rose Bowl wasn't real keen about having Ohio State back. Oh wow! So chances are, how about this? Listen to this one. How about this? If if the if Ohio State if if the, the Rose Bowl probably would have taken Penn State. Oh jeez. <laughs> Instead of Penn State going to the Cotton Bowl. Oh, my God. Which would have put the Ohio State in the Orange Bowl. Oh, well, not even interesting. Guess how much money that would have meant to the Big Ten. Is that, that's more money or less money? That's more money? The Orange Bowl pays out more? Mil, $25 million more. The Orange Bowl pays out more than the Rose Bowl? Pays out more than the Cotton Bowl. Oh, the Cotton Bowl. Cotton Bowl. Okay, Cotton Bowl. Okay. Oh, oh so, so you would have gotten both the Orange Bowl and the Rose Bowl as opposed to getting the Cotton Bowl and the Rose Bowl. Okay. So the Orange Bowl pays that much more than the Cotton Bowl. The Cotton, wow, really? Cotton Bowl doesn't have as much juice as it used to have. Well, no, I, I we're talking you, about we're talking about not just what Orange Bowl puts up. But we're talking about you know, well, the tie and how Capital stuff, One yeah. is involved. Yeah, yeah, all of those things. Yeah, all well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I the Cotton Bowl. I know you and Devo are talking about it, but the Cotton Bowl is in the playoff system. The Cotton Bowl is considered the, one of the NY six bowl destinations. So, but and it never, is Texas. They're, not, they're never, get, they're not getting a semifinal game or a championship. Oh, they don't. Championship okay. Game. Okay. Right. Okay. No, it's always between orange sugar, orange the, bowl. The peach bowl or Chick fil A bowls and that peach mix bowl, randomly. Peach, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're going to, we're going to listen. And then you guys were, I know you and uh, OJ were talking about the 12. I love the 12. I, I just think no one's ever going to be happy. <laughs> That's my problem, though. That's my problem is. You've now given in because it was supposed to be four and maybe eight. I love the idea. The the reason I love the, the twelve is I love the number for. Okay. I think that that's a good number of teams. Okay, and then they get to play those early games on campus. 
Okay. I think that's going to be fantastic. So you get to now the, the, the issue is going to be now the, the bowls are, are galvanizing because the one thing they don't want to do is get shut out. Yes. How, do, how do they handle that? Yes. Right. So we're, we're, we're in, thank God we have an amazing, amazing team. That's that with orange bowl, that's dealing with that. So, um, but I do want to say folks, if, if you, if, if you're, if you're a college football fan and, and, and I know I'm part of the, the committee, but if you're a college football fan and you like offense and you like really good defense, but if you really like innovative offense, yeah, while moving. try and get tickets to go to this game. It's on, <laughs> it's on December 30th. It's going to be a great atmosphere. It's at night. It, you know, you don't have to worry. New Year's Eve is the next day. Um, it's a great environment. Um, the pageantry, the the pomp and circumstance is just, it's amazing. And um, it's going to be a great, I think it's, I honestly believe that it's going to be one of the best games um, the that we watch sure. in the bowl yeah. for the bowl season. It's certainly the highest ranked, it's the highest ranked teams we've had that weren't in the, playoff. um, in the playoffs. Yeah, it's six, know, and six and seven. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they should, so the Orange Bowl be, should be a blast. And I, and I, that's the thing is I love the bowls. And this has sort of changed it already for me. I, I, that's my fear is, okay, we went from four. We, we skipped eight, went right to 12. Yeah. Where yeah. does it stop? And that's my thing is yeah. like people are talking well, about. Well, I think, I think 12 is going to be it. I, I hope. It's going to be it. But, but I got I to gotta throw something out at you because I, this has happened to me now since my daughter started this whole little ball rolling. So the bowls get announced, right? And, and I said to Sam, my daughter, you know, and, and she, both she and my son, you know, I, I know I'm their father, but, but their, their sports IQ is off the chart. And, and uh, I said to Sam, Hey, guys got a great, a nice bowl. And she just rants back. Are you kidding me? They disrespected <laughs> us. Oklahoma's six and six, Dad. Are you giving me? Are you kidding me right now? Look at this, Dad. I would have expected. I mean, on and on about her dad. I go, whoa, back up, back up the truck. Yeah. I go, Oklahoma's a great brand. It, it's a, it, it's it's got a great brand, regardless regardless of whether it's six and six. Okay. I have since been talking to th- four or five different young Florida State grads. They're all on the same page. <laughs> How can they give us Oklahoma? Are you kidding me? How do you feel about it? Well, that? you heard how I felt last week, and you made fun of me. So I I haven't walked back that much. I am disappointed. I, I did look at the t- the way the tie-ins work, and you I forgot about the Notre Dame stealing the Gator Bowl because um, that's, that's usually the second-best ACC Bowl, um, and that would have been a little bit better. Uh, there's some other games that, you know, I would rather them play. I'd rather them play a little bit later. But the idea is if in year three you can make the jump to 10 wins, um, that's impressive and that's big. And if you could do it against a brand that has the name Oklahoma, people won't even look at the record. And yeah. the reality is Oklahoma has. And, that, and that's what I was talking about more than anything. Yeah. Because it, there, I, I, I get it. And I know we talked about this last yeah, week yeah, when yeah. I asked you about it. But the reason I wanted to bring it up again is because more and more Florida State oh, no, they're not are feeling the same way. It's just annoying. They feel, and I had no idea because yeah. my thought was just like you said. At the end of the day, they're not going to look and see that Oklahoma was 6-6. Six and six. They're just going to see Florida State beat Oklahoma. Yes. And, and to me, that's important. I think that just goes a long way for the brand. Yes. And again, 
you 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 use these bowl games. Yeah, that's the whole point of it. For for a number of reasons, okay? It's it's a great it's a great treat for these young men who have worked so hard. Yes. It's it's a, it's a great honor for them to play in a bowl game, right? And uh, secondly, you get an opportunity to use a lot of your young players. Yes. That you didn't use before, right? You get the you get to practice them and have practice differently. And third, and probably the most important, it's an amazing recruiting yep. tool. Amazing recruiting tool. Yep. You're on national TV. In many cases, you're the Lone Ranger. The when, when, is the, when is the Florida State game? I, I, I don't, don't know. Recall. I have to look. I've, I've been, it shows you how disappointed I am that I don't actually know. It's it's twelve twenty nine. At least it's 12 to 29. Like the Gators, I think, play next week. So at least it's near the end of December. It's just we were hoping to be on New Year's Day or New Year's Eve. Um, it's December 29th at 5.30 p.m which is, I think is a Thursday, Thursday, December 29th. Okay. Okay. And it's at, is it, what time did you say? 5.30, 5.30. It's like right in the middle of the day. So it's probably going to be around like that second best game of the day because they'll probably have a night game and it'll probably be the game that's right before that. But like, look, and it's live practice. It's great for recruiting. And I've also come away with Oklahoma hasn't played well. So maybe it'll be an easier win than some of these other games. And again, nine and four works, and I'll take it. Ten and three looked great. Like Jimbo's yeah. bad year, he was ten and three, and that's the thing that people FSU fans use was even when we're bad, we won ten. To win ten games, ten games is sort of like this benchmark that programs use. Okay. Not about being back, but being we won ten games. You know, and mm-hmm. that's the kind of thing. If you can get to ten wins, that's huge. So I've sort of realized, look whether it was South Carolina or Oklahoma or some other team that was good, but not great. It was going to be a team in around that area. Anyways, if it can be Oklahoma with a name like Oklahoma, cool, get to 10 wins. If you can somehow in year three, get to 10 wins, all these naysayers that even still, some still exist have to shut up. 10 wins is this benchmark. You finish ranked in the top 10 with 10 wins. No one can sniff at that. And agreed. I, I totally agree. So tell your daughter I, that. I totally agree. <laughs> tell your daughter was to, that? Tell your daughter to focus on that. Someone, well, no, I, 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 we did. We talked about it, and she's smart enough to know that. You know, they, they just want to. They just, you know, it, she got to remember she's immersed in football basically twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. But, but I, I, the one thing I do want to bitch about, and and I and I just I just can't understand why we insist as a college football family put these semifinal games on New Year's Eve. I, it just doesn't make, it still doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Oh, well, I was going to ask you, do you still hold that opinion? Because I've sort of come around because I've been doing these, we either do nothing on New Year's or we do a party. So there is a TV and I can watch. So I, I don't know, but I want to watch the game. I don't want to watch the game with a cocktail in my hand. <laughs> if I'm going to have a cocktail in my hand, I'm going to do it by myself. You want a beer by yourself? <laughs> or, or with my son and my daughter. Like I, with two people who know what the heck is going on. Yeah, I know. Right? And, you get and the amateurs. Yeah. That you watch the game, you shut up until you feel like you some, have something really insightful to say. And then move on. Okay. Not sit there on the edge of the sofa with a, with a beer in your hand going, ah, what, what's going on? Yeah, watching it. It's like the Super Bowl. I'll leave. Yeah. I'll leave. I will absolutely leave. Yeah. I, I, I'll, I'll share a quick story for you. There was, a, there was a weekend where I didn't have to double down and go both hurricanes and dolphins, and both were on the road. So I, 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 had, uh, the, I, had, gone, I had done the dolphin game the, the night before or whatever. So I'm actually, I was actually – uh, in South Florida for a Miami game that I wasn't attending. And it was at Michigan. 
my parents, God rest their souls, were huge sports fans, huge and huge University of Miami fans. They travel with the university. They would be with the with the Golden Canes. And and even though they weren't Golden Canes, you know, they couldn't afford it. God bless them. But they were they were travel. And it was it was incredible. And anyway, they invite me to go watch the game with them. Right. So I'm, I go to my parents house and my mother and father had. Uh, you know, Barco loungers next to each other. And in between, they had a little table and they would always put their cocktails and their their little appetizer. And my mother had a wicker basket filled with socks. You know, and she would take the socks and double them up. And it made sense to me, right? So we're watching the game and Miami fumbles. And my mother starts taking the socks and throwing them at the TV. <laughs> and my father's screaming and my mother's screaming. And there, then there was an interception and she throws more socks at the TV. <laughs> I look at them and I go, I, I, I love you guys. You are, I love you more than anything. And I love your passionate. I can't do this. You can't watch I'm a going, game with them. <laughs> I, I'm going home to watch the game. It stresses you out. Yeah, you wouldn't yeah. want to watch a game with me and my family. That's that's my buddy Caesar is literally chiming in because we. I remember when I was in college, like I'm bad, I'm neurotic, and that's the funny thing is, I guess my team hasn't been in the playoffs on New Year's, so I haven't had to worry about it. It's been teams I haven't cared about, but also the last couple of years we went away, so we were isolated, and I got to watch it alone. Um, so this year we'll see. We're supposed to do something on New Year's, so I don't know what it'll be, and maybe I'll, I'll join your group where I'm watching it. Because you're not wrong. Most of my friends don't watch college football like that. Like, they'll, they'll chime in with me, but they're not watching it religiously. So right. if we're all together for New Year's, it will be a pain in the butt. It will be sort of annoying. Um, but I haven't had to deal with that, so we'll see. But when it comes to Florida State, I... Our bowls have sort of sucked, so I haven't had to watch it with anyone. Um, but yeah, in college, like I would go into like a lair whenever the games would be. I'd either be at the game. I went to every home game. But when they'd be on the road, everyone would gather, and I want to be by myself. And they would be like, what's wrong with you? And I'd be like, look, I know I'm a lunatic. I know I'm crazy. I don't want to ruin your time. Like, yeah. it's not even them making fun of me. I don't care about that. I go into my own zone. It's I'm obnoxious, and I know it. So why would I want to ruin yeah. your time? You can ask Defoe, uh, because I think he's the same way. I mean, I, I did it for so long, uh, so long that I, I, I'm still, I'm still in press box mode. I was going to say, like, you must be desensitized to some extent when you cover I just, it and you're I, not allowed to I, root. I, yeah. I just am like, I'm just quiet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just quiet. I hate I, the I press watch box. the game. <laughs> and then, and then, and then every once in a while I'll, you know, I'll like weigh in and, you know, what, what, but. Yeah, I'm, I'm usually just quiet. I, I just watch the game. I enjoy watching the game. And especially if there are, you know, two really good announcers. If if there aren't good announcers, I will shut the sound off and then put <laughs> on the it, yeah. radio broadcast, you know, and, and listen to a little bit of that. That's but but most of the time, you know, um, the, the guys are pretty good. So. Well, we've waited on him. I I did get a confirmation what happened from him. I have no idea where he is. He is a busy man. And again, I reached out to him yesterday and I was like, what's going on, Mr. Playoffs? And he's like, nothing much. Go blue. It was just like the first thing he said is just regurgitate go blue. He's just saying it over and over again in his sleep. Um, so maybe he's just in a go blue cocoon right now. But uh, I do want to say it's been a while for me. I've been slacking, but I, I am trying to get back to Texas Roadhouse because... It just feels like Texas Roadhouse weather between the cold beer, 
the sports between the World Cup. We have a semifinal matchup today. The Bulls are Messi? back. The NFL. How about Messi living up to his Well, it was great. Moniker. I haven't Ooh. watched any of the World Cup because of just Me life. either. But I watched but, that whole game from beginning to end, and it was the perfect game to watch because you got to see a great player play great on the biggest stage, and really the young guys just were like, okay, we'll follow you. And he was yeah, just exactly. amazing. There is nothing better to me than to watch a legend add to his legend. Yes. Nothing yeah. better. Yeah. Nothing better. But, uh, but I, I but, have to tell you, so I, I, I urge people – as we listen to this, you know how we feel about Texas Roadhouse. A remarkable obvious. restaurant, consistent. They treat you like family. Food is outstanding. The prices are extraordinary. I mean, they're, they're, you're going to go, are you kidding me? This is all it is for all this I've eaten. Uh, and Luby can attest to all of this. 99% yep. of everything you get at whatever Texas Roadhouse you, uh, you go to. Yep. And there are 650 of them throughout the country. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter which one. It doesn't matter which one. 99% of everything you eat at that particular restaurant is made at that restaurant. It's not shipped in on a big semi from one, you know, gathering, you know, one location where they bake just the bread and they send them the bread. No, the bread is needed. It's done there. It's baked there. It's all done there. The, the salad dressings made from scratch at that restaurant. Okay. Beyond that. The app is incredible. More yes, and more people the use amazing. the app. Super practical and but functional. I, I, I urge you this. If you like steak, go to the butcher shop mm-hmm. online. I just had six fillets were sent nice. to me. Nice. Oh, my goodness. Are they gorgeous? Absolutely gorgeous yes. fillets. And we're going to take my son and we're going to put him <laughs> back outside and he's going to start grilling. These are the these are the ribeyes that we had last Christmas. And we are going to uh, be able to do the uh, do the fillets. I'm not going to lie. Uh, we've made fun of you. And I still feel that this is sort of ta- task driver uh, ish. This whole thing here. But if you did have Texas Roadhouse, you did have the playoffs on. There's no other way to me to eat them than that way. So if you're going to eat them, you sort of have to do that. I, w- I will give you that. That, that is Listen, the way to eat them. It was a perfect night. It was like, you know, <laughs> it was like 18, 20 degrees out. Yeah, nice and warm. <laughs> we had the fire going. We had like really good bourbons. I mean, we're not talking, you know, we're nice not drinks. talking, you know. You're in for the night. Stuff. You're in for the night, obviously. Obviously. In, oh, yeah. We're in for the night. Uh, it was just perfect. I mean, you know, Roseanne was, we, we, we didn't have their roles, but Roseanne made her homemade Italian bread, which was, Close. you know, yeah, that's pretty special. But, uh, anyway, so I urge you the, the prices are right. Yeah, they're great. I mean, you, you've heard of Omaha steaks. Stop yeah. it. <laughs> stop it stop it stop it stop it it's not even close well they cut this it there it's hand close. cut i mean go to the butcher shop go to you know look up texas roadhouse butcher shop get steak sent to you i mean it's remarkable it really is but trust me when i tell you you can go by yourself you can go with your it's so family friendly yep. i don't care how many children you have you learn how to two-step you learn how to do the line dancing you'll get to sing if it's somebody's birthday um, the beer is the coldest in town. Uh, the The service is extraordinary. 
I, I can't say enough about Texas Roadhouse and Ed Garcia, how kind they all are. And, and Luby, back me up on this. It is, it is by far one of the most extraordinary restaurants in terms of what they do. What they do and how they do it is done every single day at every single Texas Roadhouse in the country. Well, and they do it well. And it's funny, I've noticed, we notice in life and in like business, uh, there will be trends, right? The NFL is a copycat lead. It happens in business. Like one business is going more vegan friendly, whatever. They, one business goes from scratch. Well, I've noticed going out and about, and maybe because of Roadhouse, I'm more uh, perceptive of this, but scratch, scratch kitchen, from scratch, da, da, da. It, whether it be mom and pop or chains, they're trying to really give you, we do it here. First of all, I don't believe them because you can tell. Second, having been there in the kitchen where Ed wanted to make sure we knew when they say from scratch, first of all, it's not in their name. Like they don't throw it out there. They don't really advertise it, but they wanted us to know we mean it. It's from scratch. Like I, I, I will never forget like watching him start mixing crap. And I'm like, what is he doing? Why is he They're like, oh, this is the and dressing. Then tasting it. Then they have to all taste it. Well, no, but sure it, it passes I'm like, when it comes to dressing, like, who cares about from scratch, but it's like, that's how serious they take it is they want you to know, yeah, we're a chain, but we don't give, we don't want people to consider us a chain. Each individual restaurant has their own owner operators and each individual restaurant considers themselves their own entity. Now they have the backing of a great corporation behind them, but each place, because it, it, it's so funny, we're in South Florida, so service, <laughs> and I'm not mad at people. I know every restaurant's shorthanded. So I believe me, I worked at Sparrow's at 17. You were not getting a giddy customer server. When you came to Sparrow's, Luby was not, Luby was a pain in the ass. I own it. <laughs> I was bitter. I admit it. I knew we had to start cleaning at seven to close at 9.30. I own it. That Roadhouse is interesting, man. It, 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 there's certain, no matter if it's a last call, you come, they're closing at 12 and you walk in 1145. We're happy. Go at six. They treat you so well. And yeah. I, like, I'll test it. I'm like calling them or pushing it and they don't care. They bring you as many rolls as you want. They bring you as much butter as you want. They bring you whatever you want. And they smile from the beginning to the end of the check. Even if you've paid and you're still putzing around sitting there, they're smiling. And I, that to me is a calling card to what they do, whether it's on a corporate or a local level. They take and that's why we both appreciate Roadhouse and Catholic Health Services. The way they treat the customer is the same way they treat the food. And you don't get that everywhere. And that's what I really appreciate about them. Yeah, they're a special group, special group. So trust us. Trust us. Take a flyer. If you haven't been, go. And if you have been, go back. Yes. Uh, and <laughs> holiday season, there's no better place than Texas Roadhouse. Mr. You holiday, Tony Segreto, uh, we are ready for the college football bowl season. It will get underway this Friday. We are ready for more action with you. And we appreciate all all of your time. Hopefully you enjoy your weekend and we look forward to talking to you again next week. Mr. Tony Segreto, okay. thank you so much. I love being on with you. You do such a great job. You really, you really, really do. And um, I, I'm honored to be on with you and look forward to talking to you all next Wednesday. You're the best, Tony. We love you and we'll love talk you to guys. you soon, my friend. Thank you. Love you more. Bye-bye. And uh, talking about joining us and rejoining us, he will do it tomorrow. The man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Bahamas. Mr. Atlantic City, Mr. Vegas, Mr. Uh, New Orleans, Jeff DeForest Defoe joins us tomorrow.
Sorry, just taking care of a little business. Defo will be back tomorrow with me, with you right here at 12 o'clock. We will have Mike Mayo's Lunchbox right here today is a visit order to Wednesday. I don't think we're out and about anywhere, but we definitely will be thinking of the one and only Nikki Mohan next week. I know we'll be out somewhere in honor of Visit Lauderdale. Tomorrow we'll be at Grandpa's on a Grandpa's Thursday. And Friday, each and every Friday, we're at Gulfstream Park right here at 12 o'clock. Check out Mike Mayo's Lunchbox. What will Mayo be eating today? I have no idea. Uh, Monday it was Wendy's chicken mozzarella sandwich, chicken parmesan sandwich, Italian chicken sandwich. Today, who knows? But it's always something. It's always fun. 12 o'clock right here. Mike Mayo's Lunchbox tomorrow. I'll be back with Defoe at 7 o'clock right here on a Hylia Park Trivia Challenge Thursday. Gurgles will be in tow. We will have your trivia fun. We will have your landlubber's gift certificate chances. We will have it all right here. Appreciate everyone who's watched me this entire time. Appreciate everyone who's stuck around. Appreciate those who have come and gone. Appreciate you who will watch later today. Check out. I had a really fun conversation. Uh, it's a name you may or may not know. It's a face you know. He's been the bad guy. He's... For some reason, even though he's Swedish, to make him a Russian mobster a lot. He does the Russian mobster role really well. Uh, John Wick, Bad Boys 2. He also, he played a guy who was like of uh, Eastern European descent, but a cowboy who had a, a compound in Longmire, a guy that I am a big fan of. He plays the evil guy well. Well, he has a role as a love interest changes switches gears peter stormare was my guest yesterday on the believe network again you may not know the name i promise you look up the name peter stormare you've seen the face and what's cool about peter is my second conversation with him he's a lot of fun he always plays the russian bad guy and then you have him on and he's a barrel of laughs and a really cool dude so we had a really fun conversation about his latest film that's out in theaters now out on demand food and romance check that out but the Believe Network, B-L-E-A-V.com, B-L-E-A-V.com. Search after hours. That conversation's up. It was really cool. So, And it's nice and quick. We get in and out. Those conversations are a good time. Check out our Brandon Lane conversations as he is hysterical and a great handicapper on the Believe Network. Check out our South Florida content on the Five Reasons Sports Network. And more of our morning thing. Defo back tomorrow at 7 a.m. Thank you to O.J. McDuffie. Thank you to Tony Segreto. Thank you to you. For finding us, check us out at 12 p.m. for Mike Mayo's Lunchbox. And tomorrow at 7 a.m. for the Defoe Show with Defoe and Luby right here on South Florida Live. Yeah, I'm sorry. Let's go to eat a damn snack. Look what they've done to my show.